This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Monday, December 5th already. Hope you are well. Hope you are better than the Pac-12 with the uh, world of college football. Here's a question for you. Is the Pac-12 hurting the Utah Utes when it comes to the college football playoff committee? Did the college football playoff committee get it right? Is the Big Ten overrated? So much college football to talk about, including your Utah Utes are back-to-back champions of the Pac-12 after routing USC. Now they get Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Penn State. Oh, wow. I can't wait to play Penn State in the Rose Bowl. I don't know. Maybe I uh, maybe I undervalue Penn State. Kelly Papinga is reportedly leaving Blast Estate uh, to return to Provo at BYU. All kinds of good stuff to talk about. And as always, this show is presented by The Advocates. Make sure you check them out online at theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, The Advocates. And when you get in an accident, again, here we are on Monday, December 5th on a rainy, snowy morning, depending on where you are in the great state of Utah. Uh, If you get in an accident because somebody was driving recklessly, you got to have an attorney that will fight for you, somebody that will advocate for you, because trust me when I say your insurance company is not going to do that. Make sure you get to theadvocates.com uh, because they are absolutely the best injury attorneys in the business. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. Mark Hale, Tanner Plummer. Tanner Plummer last night on Twitter. Hey, guys, 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 guys. Like this this Kelly Papinga story comes out last hey guys. night. And it's from the Boise State football guy in Boise. The. the. Boise State football guy. And Tanner's like, do you guys think this is true? <coughs> like, <coughs> what is wrong with you, man? What? Is, like, not every story is fake, fake news. Fake news. Fake news. <coughs> I'm so driven crazy by that. We will talk a lot of BYU today, just right off the top. Kelly Papinga allegedly coming back to BYU. Yeah. yeah. Uh, defensive coordinator, linebacker coach, special teams guy, assistant head coach. Like, where do you place him? Yeah, I don't think he'll be a DC. I think that's Sean Newest's job to lose, but I think he'll obviously he'll be on the defensive side of the ball and maybe he helps out with special teams. But but I think I think what Kalani's trying to do is trying to assemble a great staff. Like just start there. Get a great staff together, and then we can put labels on it when I got all the boys in the room. Yep, we'll talk about uh, BYU coming up, but uh, this morning there is no doubt about it. We got to lead with the Utah Utes uh, because the Utah Utes are back-to-back Pac-12 champions. And improbable, I mean, we're, we're, I was obviously I was shocked by the outcome of the game. I don't think anybody believed that, that Utah was going to blow USC out, but, I mean, just an incredible performance Jake, your just your reaction to the to the outcome of the Pac-12 championship game? Yeah, you know, I thought that Utah um, did a good job of weathering the storm early, if you will. Like I felt like USC had 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 some good momentum early, but Utah's defense got them through that, you know. And then I felt like Cam Rising and the offense 
picked it up in the second half. Um, obviously, like we talked about on on uh, on Friday, like you didn't have the the major game ending turnovers. You didn't have those big mistakes. Like you didn't have any of that, and that was great to see. I was really pleased with that, and I think that ultimately is what gave you the ability to run away from USC in the second half. And I think, you know, uh, I still think Caleb Williams is the Heisman winner. I still think he's the best player in college football, but the fact is, is he lost. He lost to Cam Rising, and not only did he do that once, he did it twice. And so to me, you know, right after the game or, you know, whatever, uh, several hours after the game, when a coach's poll comes out and has USC as a better team than Utah, it was just so telling what the national perspective is on Utah. And I felt like, you know, damn, like Utah has beat USC twice this year, but because of a loss to UCLA in the middle of the season, and and in my opinion, a loss at the very beginning of the season, week one on the road to Florida, everyone's like, oh, well, there are three lost teams, so there's no way they're as good as USC. And in my opinion, Witt's always found a way. He's always found a way. Kyle Whittingham has always found a way to win in big moments. So I guess I guess it shouldn't be surprising to us, but it is surprising that they routed SC the way they did, for sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it wasn't surprising that, you know, again, on the graphic, you see Jaquindon Jackson had a massive game. I think everybody knew that was going to have to happen for them to win. I think one of the bigger stories out of this game is the decision uh, by Caleb Williams to continue this trend of nail art. Uh, where he wrote F Utah on his fingernails. And <laughs> you know what? It, at some point, the arrogance and the overconfidence comes back to haunt you. And I think that's exactly what this was. And I don't care if Caleb Williams was hurt. If you're in the game, you're, you're healthy enough to play. You know, if you look at Dalton Kincaid and Cam Rising, those guys were clearly not 100%, and they didn't use that as an excuse, right? So it doesn't matter to me that Caleb Williams was hurt. Utah's a better football team than USC. I think that much is very clear. And to be back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions is is unbelievable. It's an incredible, incredible accomplishment. But yeah, it's also a slap in the face. It's very difficult to accept that the coaches poll ranks USC 8th and the Utah Utes 10th. Yeah. That it, it's just unfathomable. And you can say, hey, the coaches poll doesn't matter. It matters. Those are the coaches from around the country voting in that poll. It absolutely matters. And what it tells you is, is the Pac-12 is and likely will be for some time irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, the hard part for me is looking at the college football playoff selection committee's choice of TCU and Ohio State. I have a hard time, you know, wondering if USC wins this game, are they third? Are they, are they third in this game? With, with TCU losing and still getting in, are they third? Are they fourth? Like, if the, the Pac-12 continues to, to be its own worst enemy because I, I just can't believe that the coaches who are charged with running this, what is it, organization of, you know, college football, it, it's hard for me to believe that you ranked USC ahead of Utah. And not just by one, but two full slots after a decisive victory, a dominant victory by Utah on Friday night. And you still ranked USC, who's, you know, lost twice now to Utah. You still ranked USC 
ahead of Utah. Jake, it's just, it's inexplicable in my mind. Yeah, and, and I think the correct word is disrespectful. Like, the, I tweeted about that. I, I I saw you were tweeting about it. Like, I think that the general consensus is that that is just straight up disrespect to Kyle Whittingham and uh, the Utah Utes. And, and, and yeah. unfortunately, I, I think, you know, you, so you have levels to this conversation of is the Pac-12 getting ignored? Number one, the Pac-12 as a conference, I think, largely gets ignored. That's a whole conversation unto its own that we're going to have. But below that, do the Utah Utes get ignored? Do they get disrespected? Do they just flat out get blanked, if you will? And the answer is yes. I think the Utah Utes could be a one-loss team and they would have a tough time getting into the college football playoff. They may still, they would have still made it probably, but I think it would have been difficult. I think there would have been hesitation. And the reason for that is because nobody watches Utah Utes football. If you follow the Super West on, on Twitter, they put out every single week national, for the season, national TV viewership numbers. It's not the Utah Utes leading the Pac-12 in viewership. It's not USC. You know who it is? It's the Oregon Ducks every single week. And the Oregon Ducks not only lead the Pac-12, they lead the country. So to me, people know Oregon. They definitely know USC. And then I think most people nationally know that the Utes can play some football, but don't believe that they're, you know, Ohio State good. They don't believe that they could get on the same field as TCU and stand a chance. And and I just I just think they can. I think they've proved that. When well, again, what more disrespect do you need than the coaches saying, hey, USC is still better than the, than the team that gave them their only two losses of the season? That's what's incredible to me. So, yeah, I do think that Utah gets ignored and gets disrespected. And, yeah, I do think that, that you know, the way the Pac-12 has gone about it, the, 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 what Kyle Whittingham has had to deal with, and, frankly, the resources that he allegedly doesn't have, according to him, if you remember earlier in the season – to go out and recruit and go out and get guys, all of that stuff contributes to this conversation that we're having to have today. Yeah, I don't... Um, you know, I thought about that. I thought about wit when Deion Sanders, and we'll play that video coming up of Deion talking to the football team at Colorado where he talks about how um, he's not coming alone. He's bringing his luggage, and it's, you know, it's, it's Louis uh, Vuitton is what he meant. <laughs> Um, and that, you know, he's going to bring his son, who's going to be the starting quarterback in the transfer portal. And he, he says to his players, hey, if you don't like it, get in the transfer portal. We got some positions taken care of. You know, yeah, like it, it's remarkable to me the way that the transfer portal has changed the game of college football. And you know what? I, I think in our state, we're very fortunate that we've had a lot of stability um, at quarterback over the last three to five years, especially at BYU. But all of that's up in the air now. Like, we don't know what Cam's doing. We don't know what Jaron Hall's doing. We don't know. Um, you know, we do know that BYU's going to have to get in the portal and Utah's going to have to get in the portal. And But the bottom line is, it's remarkable to me that people don't know how good Utah football is. Mm -hmm. That's stunning to me. You're back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions, yet you're behind USC. I, I, it's unfathomable. Yet you have an Ohio State team that somehow, again inexplicably ends up as the fourth team in the college football playoff over Alabama. This is coach Saban and Alabama's two losses are by a combined four points. And both of them are on the final possession to LSU in Tennessee. Like I, I can't, I can't fathom it. And yet 
Ohio State is, is all I can believe is Ohio State's in on reputation alone because the Big Ten's garbage. And I don't know why across college football we're so scared to say it, but the Big Ten's garbage. Yeah. It, it it's unbelievable to Fast. me that we won't we won't openly talk about the fact that you have Utah winning back to back Pac twelve championships and the coaches humiliate themselves by putting Utah eighth and and or excuse me USC eighth and Utah tenth and we won't talk about that and we won't talk about how bad the Big Ten is and we just want to talk about how the Big Ten's got two in the in the Final Four undeservedly so and it's like we can't we can't speak the truth we can't say you know the reality is is that the only reason that the big 10 has two in is because the perception issues that surround the pac-12 or the sec people are perceived to be tired of the sec Mm -hmm. and i i just can't i i can't I can't believe that. Yeah, and that's why I say I don't. I I legitimately like I I was running this out there on Friday's show, and I'm going to run it out there again. I don't believe in my heart that they make these rankings based on the best team. I I don't believe that. I don't believe that the college football playoff committee, or even even when the AP looks at it, I don't believe that these people who evaluate teams in college football look at each team and say, okay, all right, here's their schedule. Here's where the injuries are at. Here's what they got coming. You know, here's the momentum in their program. This is where they should be ranked. I don't believe that they do that. Yeah. I believe that they say, okay, let's look at TV viewership numbers. Let's look at their 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 performance over the last couple of years in the college football playoff. And then let's go ahead and keep Alabama out for only the second time in program history. That's why they do it, because they want people to talk about it. Just the same way they want they want people to talk about Ohio State. Getting in on merit alone. I 100% agree with that. 100%. On, on reputation alone. They yeah. don't get in on merit. They don't belong in the, in the college football on playoff. On reputation, and, yeah. Yeah, I think when you look at the, the egregious mistakes this committee made, TCU lost their conference championship game. And I don't want to hear that, well, they shouldn't punish a team that lost a conference championship game and put in someone who didn't make their conference championship game. Okay, then why is Ohio State in? If that's your argument, what's Ohio State doing in the college football playoff? They didn't go to the Big Ten Championship. That was Purdue and Michigan. Does Michigan belong at number two? They do. Probably. They they won out. They're undefeated. We get it. It's Michigan. It's Jim Harbaugh. Everybody, we get it. Great. Alabama is more deserving of a college football playoff spot than Ohio State. You want to keep TCU in? Okay, put them fourth. Alabama is the team that should be third. Oh, well, they didn't play in a college football playoff. Okay, put TCU in. Make Alabama fourth. Oh, but we can't have we can't have rematches. Like all of these stupid rules. Put the four best teams in the college football playoff and let's figure out who wins. Yeah. Well, we can't have a rematch of, you know, Georgia and Alabama again. We can't but why? Why not? Why not? The two best teams in the country. Why not? Explain to me why we cannot do that. Oh, well, we can't put Ohio State third because we can't have a 2-3 Michigan-Ohio State. Why not? Oh, because you want to give the Big Ten a, you know, a legitimate chance. It's, it's so ridiculous. And I, I, by the way, I'm not sitting here making the case. I see all the, the comments. I've never once said that Utah belongs in the college football playoff. I never said that. What I'm saying is, is the slap in the face by the coaches of college football that ranked USC eighth 
and Utah 10th. Come on. Is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I think it is, again, as much as I, I, I believe that the Big Ten is overrated, I think the other dirty, dark secret nobody wants to talk about is the Pac-10 is killing Utah. It's absolutely crippling Utah. And all anybody wants to talk about is how Deion Sanders is going to save the Amazon deal. It doesn't matter because Utah needs to get out of the Pac-12. No matter who the coach at Colorado is or where the games are televised, Utah's got to get out of the Pac-12. Yeah. Bottom line, they're better off in a better conference, which is the Big 12. You get a natural rivalry with BYU. Like, it all makes sense. Your TV numbers are better. Your value goes up. Your money goes up. It, your it path just to the makes, college football playoff is paved. <laughs> it just makes more sense. It's, we got to stop hiding from these conversations. We've got to stop hiding from the fact that the Big Ten in football is trash. It's absolutely trash. It, it, that conference might be two teams. Do we really have any idea how good Ohio State is? Do we really know? You got torched by, by Michigan. Okay, I'll give Michigan the, the, the checkbox. Do we have any idea how good Ohio State is? They've got one quality opponent on their schedule. It's Michigan. And they got blown out by that team. Because I don't believe, and Penn State may go on to beat Utah in the, in the Rose Bowl. We'll find out. I don't believe that Penn State's a quality football team. Because I, I, I don't believe it's embarrassing if you're the Big Ten that Penn State, where you defended the 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 Joe Paterno era, that Penn State is even still playing football is ridiculous. <coughs> but B, that they're going to represent the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl is egregious. Yep. Oh, well, we can't have a rematch of Utah and Ohio State. Why not? Why not? How come? Explain to me why we can't have that rematch. It's to me, it's ridiculous. It's incredibly frustrating. I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I, and and I think that if you're it's if crazy. you're if you're any kind of college football fan, you should understand very clearly that this isn't really a Utah conversation. Utah is just the just sort of the victim in this conversation. This is a conversation about about how the college football playoff is put together and really what you have to do to have success at the highest level in this sport. Because uh, again, I just, you know, and we've had epic debates on this show about like, Hey, like, like I remember one of our biggest debates on the show was Lincoln Riley when it was announced he was going to SC and how long it would take them to get to the college football playoff. And damn, if you weren't right, they were on the precipice of going to the college football playoff in year one. And that's incredible to me. But because Utah is such a good football program, that's not happening. And now the Pac-12, once again, is not getting any representation. And that's just how it works. And that's a really frustrating reality for a lot of these Pac-12 teams. Yep, totally agree. Uh, what's up, Gage Carter? He says, morning, guys. I hope we see duck season today. Probably not because no, now won't. he owes us money. No, you won't. Edgar Garcia says, morning, players. Eric and Raleigh, a better question is this. Is the college football playoff committee rewarding TCU even though it's going to drag down the ratings? I think TCU gets smoked by Michigan. I think, I think Michigan is a deep quality football program. And I think that they are better than TCU. How many people are going to watch that game? Mm -hmm. That's a huge question well, and I for think me. the point you were making about how the college football playoff committee 
the appearance, again, speculation, don't have evidence or proof, but the appearance is, is that you're just simply trying to pave the way for the Big Ten to get to the national championship game. That's, that's what it feels that's like. That's what it feels like. Like, hey, like to the commenter's point, hey, TCU loses, yet they're still in, and you want to try and sell us a package on how this is some Cinderella story in college football. No, it's not anything to do with TCU, with all due respect, to that university. It has everything to do with Michigan and Ohio State having the absolute best opportunities to get to that game against who we all know is going to be Georgia. Well, and I love I love the argument where people are like, oh, hey, well, uh, Alabama's a two-loss team. I don't care. I, are, are they one of the four best teams in the country or not? Are they or are they not? I think it's awfully difficult when you look at TCU's resume not to have TCU in. I'm fine with TCU. Really good wins against really good opponents. They lost a shootout in the conference championship game. Okay, great. Explain to me how Ohio State is in and Alabama's out. That's the one you need to explain. Yeah. Because, again, when you lose on the final play of two games by a total of four points to two of the best teams in the country, to, to LSU, who played for the SEC championship and not well, uh, and to Tennessee, who, if their quarterback doesn't get hurt, is probably in and Ohio State's out, it's awfully difficult to make the argument that Alabama doesn't have the resume to be in. And why can't we it, say it, that... It just is crazy to me. Why can't we say that Alabama's 10-2 and two is just as difficult and as accomplished as Ohio State's 11-1? and one? Because why you know why we, we can't that? say that? Because it's a lie. What Ohio State did, with all due respect, is not impressive in the Big Ten. Yeah. Why can't we... Yeah. What, it, it, it is galling to me that nobody wants to talk about the fact that Flipping Purdue played for the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> Purdue. I thought you said Purdue. And, and again, come on. I, I, I am happy to go back. I am happy to go back and, and, and tell you that I just don't, un, I don't, I don't get it. I, I guess I'm just up in the night. When I look at these rankings and I say to myself, hey, how are, how are we justifying... Ohio State, eleven and one. It's Ohio State, right? Are are we gonna then make the argument that somehow, some way, all of a sudden, that Notre Dame is a world-beating program? Because that's the only thing that makes sense. And by the way, Notre Dame finished eight and four, twenty-first in the rankings. They are twenty-first in the college football playoff rankings, nineteenth in the AP poll. Yeah, and. Now, all of a sudden, that's a win that Ohio State should hang its hat on. That's the justification. <coughs> Drew Pine, the quarterback at Notre Dame in the transfer portal, not a good team this year. They're 21st in the college football ranking, yet you're putting them in Ohio State over Alabama, whose two losses are to Tennessee, who finished 6th, and LSU, who finished 17th. Yeah. So, again, justify Ohio State's place in the college football playoff. Because other than Notre Dame, they don't have a quality win on their schedule. They don't. And if you want to get into Ohio State versus Penn State, right, are, are, you, are you really telling me that Ohio State, their big win then is Penn State? With all due respect. Their, their big win is Penn State.
I'm not buying that. Because then, if you look at Ohio State, that's all they have because they got blown out by 22 points in the only game of consequence, it which was Michigan. Add up. There's no there's no way to justify Ohio State and over Alabama. There just isn't. And if you look at Alabama's schedule at 10 and 2, oh, they're a two-loss team. They have wins at Texas early in the season when Texas was supposedly this great team. Because isn't that the same thing we were doing about Notre Dame at yes, five? Yes. And by the way, by the way, I would I would remind you that. Alabama also has wins at Arkansas on the road. They beat Arkansas handily, right? They beat Texas A&M. They, they lost 52 to 49. If we're going to justify a shootout loss to put TCU number three, they lost to Tennessee 52 to 49 on the final possession. Mm-hmm. 52 to 49. They beat a ranked Mississippi State team. They beat or they lose to number 10 at the time, LSU, on the final play of the game. A fluke play where Brian Kelly goes for two points instead of going to overtime. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that Ohio State is more deserving when Ohio State doesn't have Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, and Old Miss. Never mind they beat an 11th ranked Old Miss team. Never mind, at Old Miss on the road. That's not a more impressive resume than Ohio State. Oh, but Ohio State didn't lose two games because they played the Girl Scouts. My guy, they Nobody played the wants Girl to Scouts. Say that, dude. Like, it's, it's egregious to me. It is. The system is flawed. The system is flawed. And it just, it, it's, uncomp- it, it's beyond comprehension that Ohio State is in. It's beyond comprehension that you would go anywhere but bbqpitstop.com to make sure that your dad is taken care of on Christmas or your son or your brother or your mom or your daughter or your sister because bbqpitstop.com is where we go when we talk college football on this show. Nothing? That's some of your best work. Yeah. That's some uh, of your best work. When you watch Ohio State lose, when you watch the Big Ten crumble in misery and not go to the national championship game you're going to do that while you're smoking out back on a traeger absolutely right make sure you get to bbqpitstop.com we're just 20 days away from christmas day uh and you've got time my friends you want to get it shipped absolutely you have time uh you want to go into any of the barbecue pit stop locations across utah from logan and layton and murray and Lehigh and St. George, absolutely hook it up. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Now, it's a given already that Barbecue Pit Stop has the best equipment in the barbecue business, right? Fast. Like Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, Camp Chef, you name it. In equipment, Barbecue Pit Stop, your go-to. You already know that. Local business, entrepreneurs, absolutely support local businesses Christmas giving season by going to bbqpitstop.com. But they're rubs. And again, I, I, I can only say I used Asado seasoning this weekend to make mm, – it goes in anything. You can put it in pasta sauce. You can put it on wings. You can put it on pizza, chicken, pork, steak. It doesn't matter. Asado seasoning is where it's at. Get it right now at bbqpitstop.com. Yeah, you can order online. Did you know that? You can order online. They'll ship directly to your house no matter where you are at BBQ pitstop.com all right let's get your thoughts in here on the college football playoff ohio hurricane 
says, preach, brother, the Suckeyes have no business in the college football playoff. Now, uh, I, I should you pay you. Suckeyes. Yeah, I should pay you $5 <laughs> for coming up with the Suckeyes. That's amazing. That is, that is top quality work. Yes. Right there, my friend. Uh, let's get some of your other comments in here. Lord Radon, good morning. If Utah was a one-loss conference champ, they'd be in, especially this year. Get over your martyrdom complex. I never made the case that Utah should be in the college football Again, playoff. you're missing the point if you think we're talking about Utah right now. We're not I, talking about Utah. My gripe about Utah is that the coaches' poll ranked USC 8th and Utah 10th. And USC is now beaten you, or has lost to Utah twice. Utah has beaten USC twice. And Friday night was an absolute clinic. And this is what I love, too, also. Like, just, just, just to hammer home the point on the college football playoff rankings. I mean, I know we got to get to more comments. But we're talking about this whole concept that Ohio State's a one-loss team, right? And they're in, and Bama's a two-loss team, and they're out. You go down the rankings a little bit, and somehow wins and losses don't matter anymore in the rankings, right? You look at Utah at number eight in the college football playoff rankings as a three-loss team. Okay, Kansas State, nine as a three-loss team. But wait, SC, Penn State, Washington, all two-loss teams behind those teams. So when it comes to Ohio State, we're fine. W wins, you know, wins matter. But then when it, when we come down here, we're not fine. Wins don't matter. Like, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it, there's no consistency there's no like no matter what you have to check this box like hey no matter what if you want to be in the college football playoff you have to be a conference champion or no matter what if you want to be in the college football playoff you cannot have more than two losses but look at penn state penn state's the one that is that is amazing penn state's a 10 and 2 team right and they are 11th in the college football playoff and they are going to the rose bowl Find me the quality win on Penn State's Come schedule. Come on. Find me the win. Because their wins are Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, Central Michigan, Northwestern, lost to Michigan, Minnesota, lost to Ohio State. So you lost two out of three weeks to the only two teams on your schedule of note, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. I would remind you that in, in the Big Ten, yeah. that Maryland finished four and five, Michigan State finished three and six, Indiana two and seven, Rutgers one and eight. You had Purdue an eight and five team playing for a Big Ten championship because it's garbage. Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota five and four, Wisconsin four and five, Nebraska three and six, and Northwestern one and eight. And you're trying to sell me? You're trying to sell me on Penn State? Oh, they belong in the Rose Bowl. Where are we They're the 11th. How is Washington ranked behind Penn State? It's incredible. Make, make me the argument that, and, and when we talk about is the Pac-12 devalued nationally? Yeah. The, the Pac-12, you have a team that beat almighty Michigan State when they were 11th in the country, mm -hmm. right? You have a team that beat Oregon State in Oregon in back-to-back -back weeks and finishes on the road at Washington in the Apple Washington State in the Apple Cup 51-33. Do you think that come that, on that when the college football playoff committee looks at these schedules and these these this 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 win in week two or this loss in week five, 
Do you think they give a damn about where those teams are ranked at that time? Because if they did, we'd be having a different conversation, right? Like, if they said, hey, yeah, you lost to Tennessee by one point or whatever it was, or by three points, and they were the fourth team in the nation at that point, that's a quality loss if there was such a thing, right? Like, the LSU loss is a quality loss. Like, you look at the Pac-12, like Oregon, great example. Like, some of these losses, like... It's just Oregon lost to, to Georgia, Washington, and Oregon State. And if you're, by the way, even not even Oregon, look at Oregon State. How pissed should you be if you're Oregon State? Do you guys understand the schedule that Oregon State played? No, neither does the college football playoff committee. Oregon's 14th, and their losses are USC, Utah, and Washington. Those are arguably the three best teams in. In the, the Pac-12. Those three and, losses. And they have a win over Oregon. And all I'm saying is those three losses are better than any loss in the Big Ten. Like, if, if, you, look at, if you look at Clemson, right? Look at Clemson. Already crowned Clemson. They play in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Clemson's losses are Notre Dame and South Carolina. How do you, if you're Clemson, how do you lose to South Carolina? Right? What is their best win on their schedule? Maybe NC State, who was 10th at the time, right? Maybe NC State finished four and four in the conference, eight and four in the country, or eight and four on the total. Total. They lost four games. Yet Clemson is ranked seventh in the country. Seventh. They are ahead. They're ahead of Utah. They're ahead. Uh, I, come, come on, fuck off. Like this whole thing. Yeah. Like I could just keep going. This, this is garbage, dude. Yes. The, the, the Pac-12 is killing itself. The Pac-12, I understand why USC wants out. I understand it. I understand. Like this is why I look at Oregon and Washington and Utah and I'm saying to myself, you'll never have a seat at the table in the Pac-12. Leave. You will never have a seat at the table in the Pac-12. The college football playoff tried to help USC. And they couldn't do it. I, I, it's, <coughs> oh, man. Eric and Raleigh also says, Ohio State got uh, boat raced at home by Michigan. Alabama should be in this playoff. Yes. They should. Skeet says, the Big 12 has two teams in the top 20. The Pac-12 has six teams in the top 20. The best team in the Big 12 just lost the championship game. Hard to Just argue saying, with that. You look, again, if you zoom out, that's a great point. You zoom out and you look at it at the conference level, it's even more egregious. I I am just... Like, that's what I'm saying. The Pac-12. Man. The, the thing is, I feel like the, 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 the reputation nationally for... The reputation for Buddy in the East Coast time zone watching college football is that the Pac-12 is a terrible conference and they're never in the college football playoffs. So why it's, would I watch that? It's the soccer writer in Minneapolis. Exactly. Holding down the Pac-12 because he doesn't pay attention. With all due respect. But knows everything about the Big Ten, and that's why Ohio State's getting his vote. You know, because like, he's a soccer writer, but he has an AP football vote. <laughs> that, that's a true story. Yeah. That's a true story. The guy who is the Minnesota AP football vote covers MLS full-time, does not cover college football full-time, has an impactful AP vote. It's it's remarkable to me. Uh, brother 
says, salutations, Monty, fellas in chat. I'm glad the, <laughs> that uh, community did the right thing between who goes or who's going. But the Pac-12 looks all right in between who's going and who goes. So Utah, good luck. Okay. Salutations, you know. You know. Uh, Tim Bruckmiller says, TCU, or should I say Max Duggan, played his worst game of the season in a narrow loss. TCU will not get blown out by Michigan. We'll find out. Because there's no hiding in these games on national Dude, TV. If there's any justice in the world, TCU will schlack Michigan. Oh, I th- I don't think there's anybody who who wouldn't be rooting for TCU if you're not a Michigan person. Yeah. If you're not a Michigan alumni fan, I think everybody else in the country hates Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and will be rooting for TCU. I just think Dude, I think Michigan is so deep and I think Michigan is just a really difficult matchup for no matter who they run into. I, I don't outside of Georgia, Michigan can beat anybody in the country. And I just think Georgia's twice as good as anybody. Yeah. Um, I think I'm so tired of everyone saying, Oh, well, LSU, LSU. Yeah, LSU can go home. Like that was a clinical performance by Georgia. Yes, yes it was. Uh Eric and Raleigh says uh, Notre Dame lost at home to three and nine Stanford. Notre Dame shouldn't be anywhere near the top twenty five. Amen. Agree. I, and, and again, if you don't know, I'm a Chicago kid that is a huge Notre Dame football fan. They are not one of the 25 best teams in the country. I don't know that they're a top 35, 40 team in the country. I mean, they've got talent, but... But they're I, Notre Dame, right? So because they're Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, we're going to give them the nod. That is precisely the problem. Yep, Lord Radon says in the second half, Michigan will roll TCU. We're going to find out. Uh, Chase Averett says a lot of teams are better than Ohio State. A lot. It is so frustrating. That's really the frustrating thing to me because I, Ohio State just has not shown that they are quality. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is is C.J. Stroud's a great example. He's a talented quarterback. But if one more person tells me, oh, he's the best dual threat quarterback in, in the country. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. He averages 2.2 yards a carry. <laughs> like, I've watched a Come lot on, of C.J. Stroud. He is not a gifted runner. He's not. He, I, Ohio State, just, they're that team that will forever get the benefit of the doubt. Forever. Uh, Tim Bruckmiller says, I agree Bama could pound Ohio State and should be in over Ohio State. I retract my last statement that a two-loss team should be uh, should not be in the fourteen playoff. I, I'm so tired of two loss team. Yeah, I don't. I, that narrative means that you don't care who the four best teams in the country are. They a four loss team? Okay, can't put them in. They're a two loss Alabama team. Is there anybody here who thinks that Alabama is not equally or better a football team than Ohio State? <laughs> it 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 does not add up in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you have. I think the best, most well-prepared pro quarterback prospect in Bryce Young, a true dual threat, who is battle-tested and showed you game in and game out this year. He's durable because he took savage hits. He, he went on the road and performed every one of those big moments. How many times did we say Bryce Young brought him back? Bryce Young made the play. Bryce Young. I'm the real. What's overrated is the Alabama defense. I'll even agree with that. Yeah. Alabama's one of the four best teams in the country. And you don't have to like that. You don't. And frankly, most people do not like that. You're probably sick and tired of Alabama. This is well, Coach Saban. But he's doing the job. Yeah. You don't have to like the fact 
that Coach Saban's got one of the best programs in the country. Yeah. But you have to respect him because he's earned it. Yep. And if you're burned out on on Alabama, go hire Deion Sanders. Go go get in the transfer portal. Go hire Lincoln Riley. Because I guarantee you SC was tired of losing. So what did they do? They went and got the best coach that was available at the moment that nobody knew was available. So go beat Alabama. Go beat them. Go and beat them. You know what the problem is? Even when you do beat them, they wind up hurting your quarterback and banging you up because they're big and they're physical and they're fast. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. Go recruit and develop Will Anderson. Go recruit and develop the the, the myriad of players that they put in the NFL every year. It, it is... I don't know that anybody loves the idea that Alabama's in every year. Just write it down. But there's a reason they're there. There's a reason they're there because they're really good. And by the way, they've been doing it for so long that them not being in is good for college football playoff TV ratings. Yeah. Nobody likes Alabama. Let's just be really honest. No, they win too much. As Skeet said, I don't think anybody likes Alabama. Nobody likes Alabama. That's 100% spot on. Zeus, good morning, says nobody knows who will beat who. If they they did, there's no point in playing the game. Totally agree. Uh, Brock Miller says, has Michigan's defense been truly tested? I don't think so. Again, this is the Ohio State question. Is Ohio State actually good enough to test Michigan? It didn't appear to be. Didn't appear to be. If I just said, hey... Would you do you think a Big Ten team in current day and age Big Ten football or an SEC team? What's the better team? Just right off the top, you're gonna say it's the SEC. Look no further. The schedule is better, the talent's better, like they are more battle tested. Mm-hmm. Like it's not rocket science. I think if you look at the SEC very clearly, Georgia at thirteen and zero cruised to thirteen and zero. Yeah. Tennessee at ten and two. LSU and Alabama in the West. I mean, you have to say LSU's a... I'm not going to say LSU's a better team. No. They won that game. Alabama's 10-2. and two. LSU's a good team. Other than that, like Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Fandy, not good teams. Not good teams. And I want to hear about where are all of the, you know, like the Utah-Florida game. The Utah-Florida game. When... Utah does everything it can do to lose that game. Oh, Anthony Richardson had a transformative performance. He did? No, he didn't. Right? Like, he he throws for 168 yards. It's ridiculous. The SEC is a... I don't know who the best football conference in the country is. And by the way, I'm not arguing that the SEC is. It's probably, if we're being honest, it's probably the Big 12. Probably. I know it's not the Big 10. And I know it's not the SEC as a, in totality because I think most people in this country don't know how good Oregon State is. Most people in this country don't know how tough Washington State is. Mm-hmm. Most people know Oregon and Washington and certainly USC. I don't know that anybody in this country has any idea how good um, Washington State is or Oregon State is. I, I just don't think nobody knows how good Utah is. Nobody. But... You look at the Big 12, I mean, you're looking at, you know, at least five teams that won seven games. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, K-State, and TCU. The, the funny thing is, everybody was so panicked that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. They're leaving the Big 12. Oklahoma was one of the worst teams in the conference at three and six in conference this year. Yeah. They're, like, it's ridiculous. Kansas is a good football team, but at the end of the day, they finished three and six. 
Like, how many people do you think have seen a Kansas State football game this year? Honest to goodness. With all due respect. How many people do you think saw the first or the second TCUK State game? I don't. I don't think. I don't think many people did. Nah. I don't think many people did. How many people do you think saw K State in in Texas throw blows? If Texas, if if K State makes one more play, this is a very different conversation. But they didn't, and Texas did anyway. Point is, I could go on and on. Yeah, I understand. I've been foaming at the mouth here uh, on the Monty Show about. The, I'm really passionate about this. I am a. Yeah. I am a. I'm a big believer that this is, it's egregious. Uh, the biggest stories in sports every single morning on this show brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you the secret to impressing my neighbors, the wife, coworkers, you name it. I just swing by Quick Quack. It seriously takes two minutes and people can't stop, won't stop checking me out. Getting a clean car is definitely my best life hack. Kids are messy, camping's dirty, but my truck sure isn't. Hi, he's amazing. He is. He's your favorite. That is Jake's favorite commercial. This, yes, yes, yes. This, this dude right here. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you. That's Jake's favorite guy of any commercial <laughs> okay, that we guys. play on this show. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going to tell you. That's Jake's favorite dude right there. He loves that dude. Uh... Quick Quack Car Wash brings you the biggest stories in sports every morning on this show. Um, and again, you know, with all this snow and rain, if you're just getting out of uh, bed this morning, getting ready to roll out, it is snowy, wet, and icy on the roads. Here in Utah, that means that there are plows out. That means the roads are really dirty because they're wet with snow and sand and ice and dirt. No better place to get that taken care of than a Quick Quack car wash. Get your wash pass. $21.99 is what I pay every month to Quick Quack. And I can go to the car wash one time or a thousand times. I never pay more than $21.99. It is the steal of the century. And by the way, a Quick Quack car wash pass makes a great gift at Christmas time, go to any of your local Quick Quacks. By the way, the district is still giving away free car washes in South Jordan, the Quick Quack location at the district. Check them out. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. I think this college football playoff scenario and this deal with uh, Utah and Penn State, I mean, at this moment, Utah's a point and a half uh, favored in the Rose Bowl. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't win the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, 100%. and again, I think it is... Unfortunately, I think it is the only thing that you're playing for now. Obviously, you, you're, the Rose Bowl is a big deal. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it, it, in terms of the Pac-12, it's one of the only things not on Kyle, you know, Kyle's, Kyle Whittingham's resume. So I think this is a massive game, and it'd be wonderful to see him win this. Just, I mean, if you're not rooting for Kyle Whittingham, and again, most people don't know, you, you know. Yeah. They don't know. But it is what it is. Uh, anyway, U-Haul. U-Haul says UT Cam Rising. Okay. We like it. Good to see you, U-Haul. Uh, let's see. Uh, Talani Tanalu. Hope I got that right. Great win for Utah Utes over the Trojans this past weekend. Still fight on for me, fan of the show. Thanks, TT. Appreciate yeah, that, appreciate man. appreciate you. Joby Wright says, competition says you have to win your games. The best team... Um, the best team conversations are relevant. Alabama eliminated themselves. Tough to argue with that. Tough to argue with that. I agree with that 100%. Tanner Plummer gives us a $2 tip. Uh, says, I'm sending prayers and money. Stay strong. Or what? What did I miss? What, what did we miss? Yeah, what did I miss? Uh, we got a, we have a lot of comments this morning, so if I've missed your comment, I apologize. Um, Chase Averett 
says, does the, the 12 uh, start next year? I thought it was two. I hope it's next year. No, it's 2024. Uh, Ed Kylie says, all I know is El Hombre Keaton Bills is destined for a solid NFL career. He was steamrolling fools. Keaton Bills is a bad SOB. Yes, he is. My God. He is a bad, bad dude. A bad dude. Tyler P says, well, it's probably all changing next year anyway with 12 teams. I believe that's 2024. Yeah, but again, this conversation's not going anywhere. Like, I, I hope you guys understand, like, just because it's four and then it's going to go to 12, they're still going to be the fringe teams. They're still going to be the teams that get disrespected. And I'm sure the Pac-12 will find a way in when the 12 teams set up. But, like, you get what I'm saying here. Like, you're still going to have this, this issue at yes. play. Yep. Uh, Kyle J says, you mean the Rutgers beat writer that ranked Utah at 18 in the AP poll? It's ridiculous. And this is how we're determining. Uh, it's, cra it's crazy to me. And again, I think largely winning games overcomes all of that. But when we get BYU's schedule here for the Big 12 in a couple of weeks, or it was supposed to be out already, but who knows? Um, you're gonna, They're going to learn the hard way that getting into the Big 12 is not an easy thing. But BYU is going to beat some teams they shouldn't beat next year or not yeah. expected to win. Like Utah had to go through that whole thing. And look how long it's taken, Kyle, to get to a Rose Bowl championship, to win back-to-back -back conference titles. Like, that's a, that's a huge deal. Matt Smith says, 12-team uh, playoff starts in two years. Thank you. Uh, Steve Barnard says, how about those awesome, uh, the awesome sportsmanship of one Caleb Williams, those nails? Are, am I the only one who just thinks that that's Bush League? Like that to me is absolutely Bush League. That, that Caleb Williams, if you didn't see it, and all year he's done it, to be fair. But he wrote F, the word, you know, F-U-C-K on one hand and Utah on the other hand. So when he was gripping the football, you could read what it said together. It's just Bush League. Uh, I'll gave, uh, Illinois gave him a game. Yeah, Illinois plays hard. That's ridiculous. Michigan is one of the most powerful and most likable teams in the country. They're not. They're, if you're a Michigan fan, you, you like Michigan. I mean, they're undefeated. You have to respect what they've done. But they are not, they are not Notre Dame, who I think is, is, is a very likable national team. I think mainly because they have a massive fan base, right? Michigan has a massive fan base, but Michigan's not that team where you're like, oh, yeah, who doesn't like Michigan? I, I, there aren't many of those left, by the way. Yeah. Mike Maple says, go blue. What's up, Maples? Good to see you. Uh, Tyler P says, Utah almost beat them last year with the running backs playing corner. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Remember the Rose Bowl? and Oh, man. Man. Uh, Chase Abbott says, SC is moving to the Big Ten so they can beat up, uh, beat up on crap teams like Ohio State. And I, I just think Lincoln Riley understands the system. Yeah, Lincoln Riley knows how to game the system. Guys like Kyle Whittingham and Nick Saban are old school guys. They don't want to game the system. They want to recruit guys that fit into their program. As Nick Saban always says, he wants to get the right guys on the bus in the right seats. And I think now you're starting to see, guy, you have to use the, the, the transfer portal. Yeah. And the funny thing is that you have... You have these players going to their coaches saying, hey, you know what? I've got 15 teams offering me X, Y, Z. Can you beat their offer? Oh, you can? Okay, I'm going to transfer. Right? Like all the BYU fans that are like, oh, God, stop the exodus or whatever the Twitter hashtag was. Do you really think a lot of kids are leaving BYU? 
what do they have, four or five or whatever it is? That's not a lot of kids leaving BYU. No. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, you think that's a lot? Watch what happens in Colorado. Stop. Yeah, I mean, come on. What, what are we even talking about? Uh, Tyler P. says, Alabama better than TCU and Ohio State. I would agree. I don't think I have a real good grip on, on who TCU is right now. I mean, they're well-coached. They're talented. I mean, Duggan's a stud. They're a physical team because they play in the Big 12. But... I don't think we know exactly who they are. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I mean, it, 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 I mean, you, you, you play Michigan. Good luck. By the way, Georgia gets Ohio State. So we'll see how good Ohio State is or is not. You know, uh, Ed Kylie says in 2017, Bama slipped in at number four slot and ended up winning the national championship. Does, is there anybody in this room or on this show right now who believes that Ohio State is capable of winning a championship? They're not capable of beating Georgia. I don't think they are. I really, really don't think they are. All right, 10 to the hour every hour, football at 50. We bring you the biggest stories in football, and today I think it's Coach Prime. Prime. I want to add this conversation about Deion Sanders. Yeah. Just right from the jump here on Football at 50, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Is Deion Sanders the cure for what ails Colorado? Is this the Lincoln-Riley conversation? We knew when Lincoln-Riley took the job at SC, they were going to compete for a Pac-12 championship right now. Is Deion Sanders going to bring Colorado from the bottom to the top right now? Somehow I don't see that happening. And I have a lot of respect for what Coach Prime's done at Jackson State. I love the fact that he took the job, but he's not going to bail on that team. They're going to, you know, he's going to go and play their bowl game and try to win. I love that. But you can't tell me that Deion Sanders isn't going to go full Urban Meyer and whack the bottom 25% or probably bottom 35, 40% of that Colorado roster. He's going to bring in a bunch of dudes in the transfer portal, including his son to be the starting quarterback. You can't tell me that Colorado doesn't instantly become an attractive destination right now in the, in the Pac-12. I, I have a hard time believing that they can win the Pac-12 or, or play for the Pac-12 championship, but you can't tell me he's not bowl eligible next year because I, I have to believe that they're that Colorado's bowl eligible next year, Jake. Yeah, 100%. And I think that, you know, the, this whole, this hire and this whole situation, I think Prime's going to get one chance. You're going to get one chance to prove what you can do in this program. And I think that, that yeah, he is going to have to use the portal. And they are going to have to go out and win games. Because I got news for you, Prime. If you win two games in your first season, it's over. You, yeah, you'll still be the coach. But you're not going to get respected. You're not going to have the sales pitch of, we were, what, at like 15-0 and 0 at, at Jackson state or whatever the hell they were right you don't once you have that one bad season right out the gate that changes everything reputationally speaking so that's what i'm saying this first season you are going to see an exodus at colorado and you are going to see him bring in a ton of people there's no question about it yep here's coach prime talking to his buffaloes we got a few positions already taken care of because i'm bringing my luggage with me and it's louis It ain't gonna be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get him, it's gonna be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal 
and do whatever you're gonna get. Because the more you jump in, the more wound you make. Because we bring kids. That's smart. Say that smart. Smart. Tough. Tough. Bro. The more of you jump in, the more room I have because we bring in kids. So, so go ahead and jump in the portal. Do what you're going to get. I love that. I love the swagger. I love the attitude because, frankly, that hasn't been in Boulder in a long time. And I agree with him. This program's been a disappointment for probably 10 years. The Philip Lindsay teams were probably the best teams they've had in recent memory. Yep. Dude, if you're not excited for Coach Prime to be in, in the Pac-12, you're not a football fan. But he's got to – He's. I'm not saying he's got to win the Pac-12 year one. But you have to be bowl eligible year one. You like that? You have no. I don't think it's like, about wins and losses. You have to be a better football team. I mean, exponentially, visibly a better football team right now than you were at any point in this past season. Yeah. And I think they're absolutely going to be because he is a good football coach. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. He has, and the thing that I love about Prime is he has cameras with him all the time in every room that he is in, there is somebody there filming what he's saying and what he's doing. One, it protects him, and I love that. Two, it shows you what he's doing and what he's saying. And they're winning on the field at Jackson State, which they haven't done. He's the difference there. Can he do that in the, the, uh, you know, the Pac-12? Why wouldn't he be able to do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't he be able to do that? I, I think he is. He, I, I think, think the he only is difference a, is just talent level. I, I, obviously, you're you're jumping to a P5, and that's great. I love that, and I don't doubt his ability. It's just like when you when you go up against you know the SCs and the Oregon's and the Utahs, that's a little different than what you were facing uh, at Jackson State. That said, I still think that he can be really successful. Yeah, I uh, I am super stoked about it. I I just yeah, I love it. Um, does he impact the, the Big 12 TV deal or the Pac-12 TV deal with Amazon? I don't think he does. Not right out of the gate. If it was a year from now, I'd say, yeah, he probably does. I don't think Deion Sanders has reach or impact on the on the current TV negotiations. I think the only impact he could have is, is in a bigger picture. Like, so if you think about how improved the Pac-12 is, like now that SC is better, Utah is good, Oregon's good, Oregon State is good, Penix is coming back to Washington. Which is like, shocking. <laughs> yeah, shocking. He would have been really, a first-round pick. Shocking, yes. But really good for the Pac-12 in terms of TV deals. But so, but what does the Penix return tell you? Uh, Kids are making money and they're gonna stay in school. Yeah, they're gonna stay longer, man. That's what that says to me, which is good for the TV deal. Yeah. So if in he, my he, mind, if Prime can do good, do the Yeoman's work at Colorado. If Lincoln Riley can get to the college football playoff next year, and then you have these other schools, the Washington, Oregon, Utah, you know, Oregon State even, like the Pac-12 is slowly but surely getting some more value. So, yeah, I think in that sense, Prime can help them. Yeah, I think I think Prime will help them, and I think Prime will help them, you know, do a lot of things, including ordering their Papa Murphy's pizza. Papa Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. 
Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, use the promo code MONTY25. This program is presented by The Advocates. Make sure you find them online, theadvocates.com. All of our listeners across the country, they're the best injury attorneys in the business. Their brand new office in Phoenix is up and running. If you're in Phoenix or Arizona, hook it up, theadvocates.com. You know right here in Utah, the advocates for over a decade have supported this show. I've known Matt Driggs uh, and all of the guys at the advocates for many, many years. And I tell you every single day, when you need somebody to fight for you, and if you're sitting here listening to the show saying to yourself, man, you know, I got in a car accident. Should I, man, do I need an attorney? Yes. The answer is yes. If you're wondering, the answer is yes. And there's none better than theadvocates.com. Uh, by the way, keeping a very close eye on the transfer portal because today is uh, the day when everybody can officially jump in. Um, and one of the biggest names today already is NC State quarterback Devin Leary. He is in the transfer portal, 6,807 yards and 62 touchdowns making him arguably the most productive quarterback available on the market. If you are a team like BYU, how do you not make the phone call? If you're a team like Utah, how do you not make the phone call? How do you not make the phone call? Like you need quality offensive arms. And this will be interesting as we we talk about Kyle Winningham and Utah. Um, Utah is back-to-back Pac-12 champions. And you have arguably your most, not arguably, your most successful quarterback now. Yeah. Um, and probably Kyle Whittingham's most successful quarterback in Cam Rising, who's probably not coming back, right? I mean, he is he is not, you know, Cam Rising's probably not coming back, I wouldn't think. Yeah. You need somebody to step in and replace him and be a better version of Cam Rising. That's the bar now. Are you better than Cam Rising? Because Cam's been really good for this team. But what you're seeing is is that Kyle Whittingham's got athletes on this club, but you've got to be better than Devon Vele with all due respect. You've got to be better than Solomon Enos with all due respect. Yep. How are you going to replace Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid? I don't know either. They've Utah is a team that needs to be very carefully monitoring the transfer portal. Um, BYU is a team that needs to be very carefully monitoring the transfer portal because now maybe the transfer portal slows the curve on BYU's growth into the into a Big 12 contender. If you can really win in the transfer portal, um, you know, maybe that's maybe that's how you shorten the curve. By the way, uh reports out of Boise last night say that Kelly Papinga has resigned his position at Boise State. Yeah. And he is coming to Provo to uh be one of the new defensive coaches for Kalani Sataki. Yep. That's a big story this morning. Like there's a lot going on. Today is a college football news day. It is going to be heavy in news. I would suspect that if Sean New is the next defensive coordinator, you remember during the show on Friday, uh, we were getting texts and information. People were telling us, hey, Sean New has agreed in principle to become the new defensive coordinator at BYU and needs to wait until you know the season comes to an end for USC. Well, guess what? Pretty much the season came to an end on Friday night in Vegas for USC as they lost the Pac-12 championship game to Utah. Yeah. I would expect to get some traction the next day. Today or tomorrow, I would expect to hear an announcement uh, because I don't think Kelly Papinga is a defensive coordinator. From what I understand, he is going to be um, you know, really an important mentor, leader, co-coach with 
Kalani Sataki because, you know, to, to dip the toe into the BYU water, a lot of people question some of the decisions in game and, and, you know, in preparation for games that Kalani Sataki made um, and bringing in a veteran guy who's seen and done a lot of things like Kelly Papinga, that's a big hire. And you bring in a guy like a Sean Nua who has been a part of some really good programs now, including Michigan and USC, obviously, that's a big hire because you're replacing guys, you know, that, you know, Elisa Tuiaki, the Ed Lambs of the world, you know, Kelly Papinga's going to step in. You're replacing your linebacker coach. Kelly Papinga can step in. He is an elite linebacker coach, right? So my guess is that he's going to have his hands on linebackers, and I would guess he, he's got a lot of experience, Kelly does, with special teams. I mean, special teams were a disaster this year. So it makes a lot of sense to me that you surround a guy like Sean Nua, who is your new defensive coordinator, with coaches like Kalani and Kelly, who can lift him up and rise him up. And obviously, Papinga and Nua have a lot of relational experience together. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how this staff comes together. But I think what you said about BYU and what they're trying to do with the defensive coaching staff makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't think they're trying to trying to put labels on people. I think they're trying to build the absolute best defensive room that they can build, and then they'll figure it out. Like they'll, they'll kind of work together as a team to figure out what the best fit is for everybody. You know, obviously, you know, it's not rocket science that Newell would be the defensive coordinator, but I think when you start getting into the Papingas of the world and sort of those, the, the depth in the coaching staff, that's where I think the improvement in the leaps and bounds and progress can be made because, yeah, great, you replace your defensive coordinator, but your defensive coordinator isn't, isn't you know, spending two hours a day coaching linebackers on hitting the A-gap correctly, you know? So you need better depth that way. So to me, yeah, I, 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 yeah you're filling out your coaching tree, but I really do think that there's, there's kind of this small shift happening where Kalani just wants the absolute best coaches he can get. And I think any time that you have that mentality, it's like, dude, it's like prime in the transfer portal. Hey, I want to get the absolute best talent in here that I can put on yeah. the field. Well, hey, I'm Kalani Sataki. My team wasn't good enough last year. So now I need to go out and find the absolute best guys that I can find to coach this football team. And we'll figure out the labels later. That, to me, is the correct way to go about it. Yeah, and I, I think there is, I mean, there are a lot of names out there. You know, there's a lot of people who believe Jay Hill's going to come and be the defensive coordinator. I don't know why he would leave, leave Weber State to step down from being a head coach to being a defensive coordinator. I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I could see Jay Hill being an assistant head coach and taking a position group, but it doesn't make sense to me that that you have a guy in Jay Hill that's going to leave Weber to be a defensive coordinator in, in the Big 12. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I think with the volume of head coaching jobs that are going to open up, uh, I think Jay Hill's a very interesting, a very interesting candidate. And the issue for Jay Hill is, are you at BYU? Are you committing to BYU for five years? You're probably not. If Jay Hill, let's say Jay Hill comes to BYU and all of a sudden they have one of the top 20 defenses in the country. How long is Jay Hill your defensive coordinator? Probably not a long time. And I think turnover is about the last thing you need a year from now at BYU. Yeah. You need your coaches in place two, three, four, five years. And then every year, maybe you lose this guy or that guy or your wide receiver coach goes to be a quarterback coach or... Okay, I totally understand that. But you cannot have consistent turnover on your coaching staff. Yeah. 
You've got to have stability because that's what wins, especially in today's NIL transfer portal world. You can't have consistent turnover on your staff. But I think with all due respect to Elisa Tuiaki, like I think that, you know, I, I, I think that he, you know, probably had no business being a defensive coordinator from being honest. Like, you yeah. probably should have been a position group. Tanner now. says, by the way, it was fair for me to think you guys wouldn't believe the Papinga report because you've consistently criticized every other reporter in sports and you call their stuff fake. That's well, just not true. That's not true. And I, I mean, dude, so I, this is what I don't understand about a guy like Tanner. I don't know why you want to pick fights every day. I totally don't. If you we're go and so wave. bad at our, at our job, don't be here. Don't be here, dude. Like, if, if we just rip every reporter, don't be here. Yeah. You don't have to tweet with us. You don't have to watch the we show. We tell you to read Tony Jones' material all the time when <laughs> like, we talk jazz. We tell you the good and the bad. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and give you a free pass on this one. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous for you to say that we rip every reporter because we don't. We don't. But we're definitely going to rip the soccer reporter, the MLS reporter, who has an, uh, a, a college football player or an AP vote. Yeah, that's NAP vote. an absolute. That is an absolute travesty and injustice to the sport. Someone who doesn't cover the sport full time has a full time vote. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, right? Just the same way that I'm going to sit on this show and he's going to sit on this show and repeatedly say, "There's one guy in this town." With all due respect to everybody else in the in the clique that covers the Jazz, that you should be reading, and that's Tony Jones and nobody else. Yep. You want material on the Jazz? Go to Tony Jones. He's excellent at what he does. But as far as the other names, I would not recommend you go to them. With all due respect, they're not bad people. I just don't like what they do. That's yeah, all. Totally agree. Steven Smith gives us a $10 tip and says, for USC not making the college football playoff, will it affect the Pac-12 standing as a conference to get a TV deal and convincing other teams to join the Pac-12? Um, I think the biggest thing for USC is they're not going to be in the Pac-12. That's what's going to affect the conference. I think that if you are the Pac-12, you're, you're in no man's land because you need... Southern California, you don't have like this UCLA thing that should be ironed out this week. What, what does Amazon say to the Pac-12? And we reported it last week that the Pac-12 has been leaning on Amazon to be their tier one distributor. Yeah. Where their biggest games go on Amazon. The issue for the Pac-12 is they want their biggest games streamed on Amazon and shown on ESPN or Fox television. And Amazon, that's a deal breaker for them. Why would they do that, right? Why would they pay for that? And as far as ESPN's concerned, ESPN wants all tier one and tier three rights, which is what they got in the big 12. Because what is ESPN going to do? They're going to stream your games on the ESPN app and they're going to broadcast them on ESPN, the family and networks, the ESPN you know. networks and ABC. So the Pac-12 doesn't want that. The problem is the Pac-12 doesn't have Southern California in any way, shape, or form. They have nothing south of of Berkeley. Yeah. Nothing. They have nothing south of Berkeley. And, and I want to make this point again, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm being 100% genuine. I think sometimes people get confused when, when we say, hey, SC's going to the Big Ten. People think that they, they pack up the U-Haul and move the building out to the Midwest. They're not doing that, right? <laughs> like they're they're going to be in Southern California. They're they're literally the University of Southern California. They're going to be there. So I I know that that might seem silly, right? That might seem like obviously, but I I just like to say that because so often when we have these conversations. We're like, oh, SC's going to the Big Ten. 
It's like they're getting on on a on a U-Haul truck and they're moving all their stuff to the Big Ten, and that's not what's happening. No, it's just literally repainting the field and redistributing uh, the product on TV to fit the Big Ten's setup and model and everything. So that's what I'm saying. Like you 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 look at SC. And they're just getting started. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And frankly, when Ohio State loses in the college football playoff and when Michigan loses inevitably in the college football playoff, they're going to be regretting that big time because SC is going to come in and be a real problem in that conference. You're not going to have a cakewalk to get to where you want to go anymore. And that, to me, is why the SC and Lincoln Riley setup is so powerful because now you get to come in and essentially be you know, a bracket buster, if you will. You get to come in and yes. rock the boat in the Big Ten and be that team that n- the national media is going to cover now, and the Pac-10 is going to have to find a way to deal with that. Yep. Uh, thanks for the $10 tip, Stephen. Appreciate that. Boyd Lake uh, says, so does Jaron stay at BYU? I think he might. I think there's a chance. I don't know why you would because he is – I mean, he would be a top-five quarterback coming out, especially with Penix staying. I mean, it, it – I think Jaron Hall loves playing football at BYU, but he's going to get paid. and yeah. I, So I don't know why he'd hang well, out. Well, I just don't know why you would stay at a, uh, at a program that's getting all these changes. Well, and you're going respect. to lose a lot of games this coming year. I mean, it yeah. is a steep hill to get, in, get up to speed in the Big 12. Yeah. So for him, I mean, he's not going to look as good as he looked this year at times. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, can a portal player hire an agent? Any player can hire an agent. Um, with NIL, you know, being the way that it is, most guys have agent relationships already. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, Harris LaChance told us he has an agent and he's going to the draft. Like, I mean, they, they, that process is, is, is completely different now. Um, and it, because you used to not be able to hire an agent because of amateur status. Now that doesn't play a role anymore. There's yeah. no such thing as that. Um, and the portal is very interesting. All it is, is a line of communication. It allows people to talk to other people. That, that's all it is. It allows universities to talk to players, coaches to talk to players, and, and facilitate that move. And unfortunately, I think what most people forget is it's a negotiation piece. Yeah. If you're in the portal, I mean, DJ Uyunglele from um, Clemson got benched and he entered the portal today. So now, granted, he's an overrated guy in my opinion. Yeah. He is he is a guy that I don't think is a number one quarterback at a P five program. It's just my opinion. Um, but he's going to be able to go out and see what his value is in different in different parts of the country. And schools will say, "Hey, we'll give you thirty thousand dollars a month in NIL money." You know, we'll do X Y Z. We'll do. That's what the portal's done, and I don't necessarily love it. Uh, Lord Radon says they get a player or two they that should be D1, but aren't and just roll people. How good will he be when the other teams are better? I don't know. I think you're talking about Prime. Agree with that. Uh, San Diego State said Harbaugh did it. Dion will do it. We'll see. We'll see. What do you um, mean Harbaugh did it? Jim like Harbaugh. At Michigan? Jim, uh, at Michigan and at Stanford. Harbaugh did it. Um, what do you think Prime... Prime's long-term goal is coach a major program or NFL. I think he wants to win a national championship as a college football coach. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe he wants to go to the NFL. I don't. Uh, Lord Radon says Harbaugh has been a success no matter where he's been. Uh, I don't know know about that. Yeah, you can't say that. I don't know about that. that. You know, like you look at, you look at Jim Harbaugh and his struggles to keep locker rooms together. That only works at the college level. I mean, his players in San Francisco did not respect him. 
And it's why I think he stayed at Michigan because he's had other NFL opportunities and he's turned them down. You guys like Saban, Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, your act wears thin very quickly at the NFL level because you don't have your thumb on a guy anymore. Mm-hmm. You, 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 can't, you can't tell a guy, hey, I'm going to pull your scholarship if you don't wipe your ass a certain direction. Well, now even at the college right? level, that's, that's not even been that, – that's kind of been taken away in a sense. Like now it's shifted to do you win or do you lose as a head coach? Just straight up. Yeah. Do, do you win or do you lose? And if you win, you're going to get guys. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with that at all. Greg Romano says, uh, Jay Hill, D.C., Kelly Papinga, and Sean Nua is position coach. Sean Nua is not leaving no. USC to be a D-line coach at BYU. That would shock me. Yeah. He is up for assistant coach of the year. But he better be getting paid I mean, if they, he's doing that. I think it's a very difficult ask to say to a guy, hey, come be a D-line coach after you've been a D-line coach at several stops. If he's going to leave SC, it's got to be to be a coordinator. You can't leave to be a, a D-line coach. At, you can't leave USC to be a D-line coach at BYU. Yeah. You, you can't do That's that. That's not good for your career. That's not. Uh, Todd Johnson says, what is the case for Ohio State over USC? Sit home and avoid a loss in a conference game? Yeah, well, I, again, I don't make any case for Ohio State. I don't believe Ohio State is one of the – I don't know that they're one of the top eight teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I do not. I really don't. Um, that, that part for me is I struggle with that. Uh, Roger sales says, explain the details of how the transfer portal works. Do players reach out to schools? Do schools reach out to players? Do you literally register? You're an available player. Yeah, there is a, there, it, it essentially is a communication channel. You put your name, think of it as a list. You put your name on a list and you say, Hey, I am DJ Uyunglele. Uh, from Clemson, I am not going to play football at Clemson anymore. I want, I am available. Are you interested? And you essentially ha- reach out to schools. You have, you know, you you have whoever your per- people are or yourself reach out to schools. Schools will reach out to you, and you're going to make a decision based on where you where you want to end up or what your goal is. I mean, if your goal is to go and play one year and then be in the NFL, you're going to make a different decision than if you have three years of eligibility left and, hey, I'm going to go play three years here. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a totally different it's a totally different thing. You know, like Jacob Conover, I don't, uh, he's not looking for a one-stop shop to go to the NFL, I wouldn't think. So, like, they, every guy's different, yeah. in my opinion. You know, like, it, it's just, it's, it's an interesting conversation, I will say that. Uh, let's see. Um, who else? Todd Johnson says, I'm not a USC fan. Just saying justify Ohio state over them. I I can't, I can't. I think, There's I think no justification. USC is a better team yeah. than the problem with USC is they can <clears throat> no longer say they're a better team than Utah. I mean, you can't, you can't. Oh, Hey, we were on the road. Tough game. Okay, cool. But you can no longer say that you're a better team. You got smoked in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. Absolutely smoked. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, I don't know. Richard McDonald says, why do you read Tanner's comments? He just seems like such an unhappy negative guy. Because he is largely. But Tanner's been a longtime listener of this show. Like, I, I like Tanner. Tanner goes in waves. So Tanner will, with all due respect, Tanner, like you, bro, not trying to hate, but there'll be weeks where you decide you want to get on Twitter and you want to talk a load of junk and you want to be salty and you'll do that in the comments. And then, you know, we'll beat down your door and we'll 
explain exactly why you're wrong about this or about that or why telling like why saying hey you guys hate on every reporter is an absolute garbage and embarrassing take and then you'll back down and you'll go back to who you usually are and that's just the cycle doesn't mean i don't like you i love having you on the show you are a long time it is fun like we have a lot of fun but the fact is is you're going to say something like that and then i can see your comment that says you weren't being salty and you were being salty. You were trying to stir the pot. That's I wasn't fine. picking a fight. All I was asking is if you guys thought the Papinga report was real. The issue with you <laughs> asking if the Papinga report is real or not is because it, the issue with that is that report is like it's no. Obvious, what he wants dude. to like, do, what he wants to do, is have us say no, it's BS, no, no, and then he'll go back to that reporter and and it's there's no there's no like why would why would you even think if you tweeted that at me that I would answer that. You don't roll out a report that says, hey, it's and, expected. And I know that guy. I know yeah. his work. I know his work. Yeah. He's not, he's not, like, it's just, Tanner, it's a bad look for you, dude. It, it's, it's a bad look, dude. That, and again, that's I want to be really clear because I don't want this to get misconstrued or there to be confusion or to you to, for you to go into the, you know, hey, like, you know, I'm Mr. Negative guy or whatever like we don't dislike you but you know the mantra on this show it's the truth in salt lake sports talk so we are going to say when buddy the soccer writer should have no business having an ap vote or when or when a certain beat writer in this town has no idea what he's doing or when tony jones does phenomenal work or when rudy gobert is a french player who's soft and gets in fights that he has no business being in fights on did the floor. Did you see what yes. he did? The, yes. Where he, I'm, yes, it's on. classic Rudy Gobert, but I'm just saying that's the point. So when we said, when they signed Rudy Gobert to that long-term extension, and we said on this show that day that that was a mistake and you were never going to win a championship, and folks like Tanner and everyone else were saying we were idiots, and then they all came back around like, that's what happens. That's sports talk. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you were being salty, and I would actually prefer if you just embraced it. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Like, the dude's name in, in this comment section is salty drunk for a reason, yeah. right? Like, we know right. what Ruff's official brings to the table. We know what some yeah. of these guys bring. Salty drunk says, uh, go easy on Tanner. Uh, by the way, he still has a picture of Forex Gold that he owes us. Which is incredible. Uh, go easy on Tanner, guys. He just woke up to a flat tire on his BMX bike, and he's so... He's so and his soaking is going through a dry spell. <laughs> That's see, what you, you but expect. But you know what you're going to get out of out of him. That's what you expect. Like, come on. Uh, NY Monty fan says, let's hit that like button, folks. Appreciate that. 134 people watching. If everybody gives us a like right now, helps the channel grow. By the way, on our mission to get to uh, 9,000 by the end of the year, which I, I don't know, it's going to be tight. We're at 8,213 subs on this uh, here YouTube channel. So... Search Google. Just Google search The Monty Show. Please. Um, all of our stuff comes up. We're on audio podcast as well. And if you're listening on audio podcast, Spotify has been phenomenal for us. We really appreciate that. Uh, please do consider giving us a subscribe on YouTube. It really helps our channel grow. Um, this is our main platform for distribution. We absolutely love it. So uh, trying to get to 9,000 by the end of the year. If we do so, we will take you plus one. One of our subscribers plus one. We'll be going to the Utah Jazz game against Cleveland uh, and Donovan Mitchell uh, with us. The four of us will go to a yeah. game. We'll do it in a black car. Yeah. Uh, we'll take you to the game and even buy you any uh, item. You want a sweatshirt or a custom jersey from the team store, we'll hook it up. What now? 
Let me tell you what next. Just because we're nice guys. Tyler P says USC needs defense to survive anywhere. Yeah, that they Facts. they just can't cover the middle of the field. It's remarkable. Well, they cover themselves. You, you know what I mean? They tackle themselves in the middle of the field. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, brother says, oh, God, Jazz NY changed his name to NY Monty fan. That was like months ago. Uh, that, yeah, he had that name before. Yeah. Now, yeah. that that guy, that guy, uh, I don't remember his, uh, how to read his name. Brother. But he, he's a little bit newer to the show. Yeah. NY Monty fan is, that. that's his OG name. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. I just, yeah, I think it's all right. Uh, Todd Johnson says, USC has never played Kinnick at night. Happy Valley, Columbus. The Big Ten grind is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but there are just not. I mean, if we're naming cities, is Champaign, Illinois somewhere that scares you? Is Bloomington, Indiana somewhere that scares you? West Lafayette, like you're not worried about going to Rutgers other than it's in the middle of nowhere on a long flight. Like you're not, there's nowhere outside of the shoe in the big house and the shoe has not been a home field advantage of late. Is there anywhere that really scares you in the Big Ten? No. There's not. No. There's not at all. It's not Corvallis, not at all. bro. Uh, Sean Mirzinski says, I'm honestly shocked that Dion chased Colorado over a team like Cincinnati. Same. I'm actually not shocked. I think Cincinnati, again, Cincinnati's got a hill to climb in the Big 12. If you're Deion Sanders and you're looking to win right now, you want to enter the Big 12 and have a fight at Cincinnati? And by the way, I think he probably knows the town of Cincinnati pretty well since he played for the Reds. Or do you want to go to Colorado and be at a place where, frankly, if you win seven games a year, you're a god? I think the expectations lower at Colorado. Now, yeah, that's there fair. are never low expectations when your name is Deion Sanders. Yeah. And you come in, and if you miss a video, I'll play it again because I, I, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, the, this Deion Sanders video of him accepting the job and talking to his players at Colorado, just listen to the drip hitting the floor on D like, it's amazing how much swag he has. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me and it's Louie. Okay. It ain't going to be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get him, it's gonna be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're gonna get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart, say that smart, smart, tough. tough. Go ahead and jump in that portal. Go ahead. Jump in that portal. I mean, there's so much swag in him because he just doesn't. If you don't want to be there and if you're not smart and tough, he doesn't want you there. Thanks. And I think he's going to do what Urban Meyer does. Like one of the things that, that, you know, my old radio partner, Kyle Gunther, used to talk about all the time is Urban kept you nervous, man. Like he would tell you, hey, I'll pull your scholarship. Hey, you know what? Hey, mm -mm -mm. I'm the coach. You're the player. Do it my way or you're out. Yep. Doesn't really work that way anymore. But kids want to play for Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is going to bring his kid. His son is going to be the starting quarterback at Colorado. And the thing that I think is so phenomenal is he just so matter-of-factly says it's not going to be like that anymore. You know, do what you're going to do. You're going to jump in the portal. Go get what you can get. Because we're going to bring kids that are, say it with me, smart, 
tough. Like he just, I, I love it. Yep. And I think it makes perfect sense that he took Boulder over Cincinnati. If we're truth telling, I think it made perfect sense. You know, like you, you don't, you don't go from being a G5 team to a P5 team overnight. And he wants to win now. He is a, and one of the things I think you have to be as a head football coach is a terrible loser. And yeah. Deion Sanders is a terrible loser. And one of the things that bothers me about Kalani, I think Kalani does, is not a terrible loser. I think Kalani, like we've talked about this, whether it's Wyoming or Poughkeepsie State, step on their neck, man, I don't care. Score 70 on everybody. If you can score 70 and give up five, do it. If you, you know what I mean? Like boat race guys. I don't care about their feelings. I want to win games. I want to win national championships. Yeah, Kalani cares about feelings. I, I, yeah, I want to go undefeated every single year. Yeah, that's why you hear Kalani after ever, ev literally every single game, win or loss. And this is how you know he's not a killer, with all due respect, right? After every single win or loss, well, hey, hell of a coach, hell of a team, you know, real, really impressed by what they brought to the field. Uh, you know, really thought that, you know, we played well uh, in the run game, but the special teams needed some work. And, and we're going to watch the film and, and, and see what we need to work on there within the special teams. But just really happy with my team's performance. And uh, I'll take any questions you guys have. Almost every time. And listen, that works, I guess. But what do you want to be? And this is the Deion Sanders conversation. Agreed. Do you want to be an elite football team, or do you want to be an average football team that people respect and like? Hmm. I want to be an elite football team because then people have to respect you, but they don't have to like you. I'm not necessarily, and we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. yeah. Like with mm -hmm. the two of us, I'm not the guy that's liked. Mm -hmm. Jake's the nice guy. I'm not the nice guy. Mm -hmm. Right? So, it, and it's a different place to be. But I'm telling you now, you want to get something done? Call me. You want to win football games? Go to Prime. <laughs> you want to be a nice guy and you want to be well-respected and you want to be a good, not a great team, be Kalani Sataki. Because until Kalani Sataki it, it has hate in his heart during the game for that team on the other sideline, that's not going to change. Until you're like, well, let's take our foot off the gas. We've scored 50 here. We're fine. But I think that's why you see, and again, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on this BYU-Kalani thing because that's really not what we're talking about. But, but I think that's why you saw Tuiaki keep his job so long. I think that's yeah. why you saw folks like Ed Lamb keep his job so long because Kalani is relationship guy. Kalani is, hey, I do care about people guy. And I, I don't have an issue with that concept per se, but it's kind of like what you said. Hey, if you want to be the biggest, baddest football team out there, you do have to have kind of have that don't give an F gene. You and, do. And you go out and just smash people. Like you, you kind of have to have that. It just it just is what it is, man. Yeah. You you have to have it. Uh let's see. Boyd Lake says, and the Vikings are another bottom dwelling pass defense. Bill's coming up Sunday. Okay, how did we how, I bro, have no idea? Bro, what, Boyd. what are we doing, guys? Come on. Uh Boyd Lake says, How about Mike freaking white? Fifty seven attempts, three sixty nine, six and a half yards per attempt. Yeah, great. Good. Better than Zachy Poo, unfortunately. Uh, Tom says, go Utes. Woo, woo. Good morning, y'all. What's up, Tom? Um, official Mike Bailey. Hi, Mike. Mike Bailey. He says first game. Yeah, well. Okay. I like it. Uh, Tyler P says, as a Utah fan, I've seen how hard it is to move to a bigger conference. Since he will have a tough first couple of years, Dion made the right choice. Totally agree. Because the Pac-12 is not deep. And now that USC has gone... 
I mean, is it that much of a stretch? Kyle Whittingham has a chance to set the bar in this conference. Because with SC gone... Wasn't he already setting the bar? Show me you know how to use the transfer portal in NIL to your advantage. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Because I yeah, know I that SC that, yeah. does that. Well, we I know, know that, that Oregon know that does that. Straight up doesn't like the transfer portal. We know that. I don't know that he doesn't like the transfer portal. I think that he doesn't use it the way that he could use it, and I don't know why that is. Is that because he doesn't get NAL funds or help? Is that because? But it works both ways. Goes both ways, right? So you you're not going to get a check for funds for the transfer portal if you're not prolific in the transfer portal. You're well, not like- and, and, but philosophically, as we talk Utah football on the Monty Show, uh, presented by our good friends at trydaytrading.com, make sure that uh, you get off that grind of looking for a side hustle and you uh, get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Do you know what day trading is? It's much like the transfer portal. You're buying and selling commodities, right? Uh, commodities and stocks. And what I would tell you is, it's a prolific way of living. Did you know that the IRS has specific tax uh, shelters and laws set up pointed at day trading? Did you know that in the tax community, whether that's a CPA, whether that's a, you know your accountant, their accountant, they all have strategies to facilitate and support prolific earnings from day trading? And did you know that when you go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, that you can make as much as thousands of dollars a day there are people today. We have 20 days until Christmas. Let's say you work 10 of those. If I said to you, before Christmas day trading, you could make $10,000, would you do it? Of course you'd do it. Are you going to make $10,000 before Christmas day? If you're wondering, if you're calculating, or if you're a hard no, I'm not, trydaytrading.com slash Monty, because you deserve it. You work hard. Why don't you work for yourself? Why don't you stop relying on the 15th and the 30th? Why don't you stop relying on that every other week paycheck and start relying on daily earnings that you're making as a day trader? Do it now, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And the best part is you get into it for free because all I'm asking you to do is go and watch a free webinar. Mm-hmm. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. If you watch that webinar, it's going to change your life. I'm telling you now, it will change your life. I have met a ton of people from this show that have watched that webinar, and then I don't know one who's been like, nah, that's not for me. I'm not excited about that. Nah, I'm not intrigued by that. Right. Because you watch it and you hear the stories of people that were literally chasing money, that were in financial distress, that talk about, hey, I wanted this, so I got that. I worked my full-time job. I made day trading my side hustle, thanks to trydaytrading.com. And it eventually morphed into my full-time job because I couldn't ignore the money I was making day trading. And now it's all I do full-time. And the thing that I also resonates with me is wait until you make that first $1,000 day. Think about how that will feel when you see that money in your day trading account. You made $1,000 today. That feels good. Imagine the relationship you'll have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And don't ever forget, when you are through the program and you're ready to start trading, you trade their money, not your money. And if you make money with it, you get 50% of the profit at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Um, I think when you look at Kyle Whittingham, the biggest problem with Kyle Whittingham in the transfer portal is his history with quarterbacks and skill position players on offense. I think 
Utah is a defensive program. And if, if you are Jaquindon yeah. Jackson, you're a quarterback who comes into Utah and all of a sudden you're a running back. Now, turns out who knew the kid could run because he's a running back and he can play. So does that mean that if I go to Utah as a quarterback, I'm going to wind up as a running back? Or am I going to be Chase Hansen who winds up as a linebacker? I want to be a quarterback. That's part of the problem at Utah. Now, what Kyle's going to have to do is he's going to have to fight for a quarterback. He's going to have to bring a kid in, and he's going to have to show he's willing to throw the ball at a very high level because that's what it's going to take. And then he's going to have to go get skill position wide receivers. Yeah. And he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And he's going to go have to continue to cultivate running backs because Makai Bernard is a great guy, but he's not Tavion Thomas. Thanks. And now the situation with Tavion Thomas leaving the program, right? So now is Jaquindon Jackson, is, is Bernard, is Glover, are those guys your number ones? Is Jaquindon Jackson a number one running back in the Pac-12? Maybe. Certainly was good enough against USC. Yeah, I think the thing for Witt is that that's, it's bigger than just going and doing that. It's a philosophical thing, and, I, and I'm a big believer that you're not ever going to be a college football playoff team unless you have studs at the skill positions. You just have to have it. You got to have a back. You got to have a quarterback, obviously. And you got to have at least one big-time wide receiver, and ideally you'd have two, you know? But the problem is their reputation is they are a defensive program. I yes. agree 100%. And so, you know, you're the the prolific five-star Jaquindon Jackson-type guy who is a quarterback and is unwilling to become a, a running back isn't going to go to Utah, right? He's going to go somewhere where he can put his his, you know, his work on full display. It's it's like it's a Jackson Dart situation two years ago at SC, right? Why is Jackson Dart at Ole Miss? Well, because he was promised a starting position by Lane Kiffin, and now he's got that opportunity and he's running with it. That's what kids want, and that's what Jacob Conover wants, right? That's what yes. dude from Clemson wants. Like that's what these guys say his want. Name. No, say his I, name. I don't even know how to say DJ Uyunglele. Uyunglele. Hey, DJ, who you doing? Is a good quarter, not at Clemson, right? I think that Kyle Whittingham has to change what the the perception and reality is on offense. Yeah, at Utah, because he's got guys like Bills on the offensive line. Like he puts offensive linemen in the NFL. Potasi, like you name it, he puts Bartons in the NFL, right? But he doesn't put quarterbacks, and generally he doesn't put wide receivers in the NFL. And how many running backs has he put in the NFL? A few. A few. Moss, you know, you, you've put a few. But as a whole, the Tyler Huntley is, is a one-off. Yeah. That's an exception, not the rule. The rule is DBs, D linemen, linebackers. Those guys go to the Skilled NFL. Skilled defensive guys. Yeah, those guys go to the NFL. You know, so we'll see. I, I I'm interested to see what how, how the transfer portal evolves. Uh, Mike Maple says, uh, need to see who replaces Cam Rising and receiving weapons or Utah's right back to the uh, to good run game and defense. Yeah, nine and three, eight and four. That's right. You have to be explosive. And listen, I have a pretty high appreciation level for a prolific running game. There's there are a few things more beautiful in the game of football than your your offensive line getting after it and you getting five to seven yards of carry. I mean, that is that's enjoyable football to watch for sure. But I just think in today's climate in college football, you have to be able to get down the field quick. And that's what I think you yes. saw 
like like SC is a good example of this. Like SC, once Die went down, didn't have some prolific running game. Like they had it back, but it wasn't crazy good. The problem was is that in the game, Caleb Williams was finding ways to to hit hit his wide receivers down the field because they had talent. And yeah, Utah blew some coverages, but overall that like speed kills. And I think Utah needs to embrace that more. You got to find more four, three kind of guys. Yes. You have to have that. Well, and, and again, I'll just go back to the Caleb Williams situation. He got hurt running. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't in college or the NFL be a uh, run first quarterback. Caleb's not, he's a great thrower of the ball. And, and I still maintain if I had a vote, I'd vote for Caleb Williams to win the Heisman Trophy. I think Stetson Bennett probably wins it. But I would vote for Caleb Williams. But I, I just, I want a guy who's a throw first guy. I want Caleb Williams to run a little less. That's what I want. And I think, I got to believe he goes to the league now. But yeah. here nor there. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I think you need a guy that, that r- throws first, runs a little less. But if you look at the best quarterbacks in, in, in college football right now and I mean, again, Stetson Bennett might be the best example of this. Throw first guys are are still very valuable commodities, and I'm not saying Stetson Bennett's a statue, but he's not the runner that Caleb is. You know, like I, I look at Cam Rising. Cam Rising is neither a gifted thrower or a gifted runner, but he does both pretty well. And he's got the leadership intangibles. Does he get drafted? I think he'll find his way. I do think he gets drafted. He's a, could be I a late he's round a low, pick, lower end draft pick. I right, he, he could be a late way. round pick, maybe. Especially if they win the Rose Bowl. I don't know. I I. I still maintain, and this is just me, the depth of quality quarterback in the Pac-12 is underrated. Penix coming back, are you surprised by that? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But I also think, you know, the point you made earlier about guys getting paid is making it easier to come back. I mean, you know, like I, I, I think, frankly, I think the, the, the late wins in the year, the Oregon win as an example, encourages guys to come back. Like when you can win big games, especially later in the year, if you're a Penix, you're like, yeah, hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe we could contend for a Pac-12 championship. I'm looking because again, point you made about about Prime, same point I'd make about Penix. You're looking at this Pac-10 conference now, and you're saying, okay, SC's gone, Euclid's probably gone. Not that they're really even a threat, honestly. Like they're a good team, but they're not Pac-12 championship caliber good team yet, in my opinion. Yeah, you know. So if I'm if I'm a quarterback at Washington, and I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, hey, if I come back, my boys are going to come back most likely. Right or at least most of them, and maybe we can make a run. That's the reason you would come back. And by the way, yeah, you're getting five figures a month in NIL money. Yeah, so the setup is there. It's fine. I am not a... I think it's a terrible business decision for Penix to come back. Because I think he'd have been... from a money standpoint, yeah. I'd have think... No, just as a pro football career, I think he would have been drafted in the first two rounds that's like real money yes you know like and i don't know what what you guys think of it but i look at guys like bryce young like will levis is a home run you're not gonna like if you draft him you're not gonna miss there tanner mckee we'll see how he translates that's a bad football team at stanford yeah by the way and we probably haven't talked enough about the fact that david shaw stepped down but i mean i I just I, i will see how that transfers um, you know, but if you if you look around the quarterback indexes and you look at the guys that are ranking ranking quarterbacks, I mean, it is it's remarkable to me that Bryce Young doesn't get more run. I think I am probably the only one that espouses his greatness. Like I feel like I am the only guy. 
on a regular basis all season long every week who has told you Bryce Young's the best NFL prospect in my mind. He's the best NFL quarterback prospect. I think Jaron Jaron Hall is up on that list as well. But I don't think like C.J. Stroud by most people is either one or two in quarterback rankings. And I, I, I don't see it with C.J. Stroud. You know, like I, I want to. Anthony Richardson's a guy that I just don't understand why there's hype around Anthony Richardson. He can't throw an accurate football. Yeah. But you're going to rank him ahead of a guy like Hendon Hooker, who obviously now has an injury. Right. That's a huge... But if all things being equal, Hendon Hooker, in my opinion, is... is 25, 30% better than Anthony Richardson. And wasn't his injury legs? Yes. It was lower body? Yeah, knee, I I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, he'll be fine. But I look at Penix, you know, like I'm looking at the draft wire at USA Today. He's sixth on their list as of the the second week of November. Left-handed. I think he, well, and that's a big deal. But I think Penix is a guy who'd have been one of the first five quarterbacks drafted on the board. Yeah. And And you're coming back? And you're coming back. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about any of that. Kane Nuren says, Zach will be back next week with the Jets' loss. No, he will not. Zach Wilson will never, in my opinion, unless there's an injury, Zach Wilson will never start another game for the Jets. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know why you would. Why would what yeah, what basis is there to put Zach Wilson back in there? I mean, I, I, if you'd like to make that argument. Uh, official Mike Bailey says, my daughter won't stop screaming and, it, and it's seven. I'm going uh, to suck at this, I can tell. You're not. You'll be fine. You're going to make it, dude. You're going to evolve. It'll be fine. Um, Jeff Johnson says, what's your prediction on the Niners without Jimmy G going forward? Purdy can scramble great, but his pop time isn't quick. You're not replacing Jimmy G for the 49ers, and we, we've got to stop talking about replacing Jimmy Garoppolo because you're there's not replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. The problem is you screwed up with Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. You screwed up with Trey Lance. There's no oh, other way to get around that. Shit. Purdy is a very similar quarterback to Jimmy G. He just doesn't have the big game experience. So you're going to have to hope that he doesn't make the the, the mistake in the first big game because that defense is legitimately the best defense in the National Football League. That defense is unbelievable in San Francisco. I just, man. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very difficult. Um, who need to see who replaces Cam R. Um, yeah, I read that one already. My bad. Uh, let's see. Kane Nuren says, Zach needs to learn under Jimmy G or Tom the Goat like Steve Young did with Montana. That could be true. <laughs> but you are in, in this league, in the National Football League, you are largely defined who you are in, the, in your rookie contract. Guys like Mitch Trubisky, guys like Rex Grossman, guys like, you know, Drew Rosen. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. When you struggle as a rookie and you're two, three years into your contract and they're not picking up your fifth-year option, Baker Mayfield, they're done with you for a reason. There's a reason that, you know, the great crab thief is no longer in Tampa. Jameis Winston, he's in New Orleans, and he's struggling to get back on the field because he can't beat out the Red Rocket. Or, you know, like when Taysom Hill is one of your starting quarterback options, you have a quarterback problem. You know, like, I mean, you know who guys are. Yeah. We look Justin Fields in Chicago. Yep. Again, we know what he is. He's a running back playing quarterback right now. You know who Herbert and Burrow are. You know, like you've got, like you are, it's very difficult to unwind what Zachy Poo's done. If we're being honest. Uh, Brent Burnett says Zachy Poo will rise up and play again somewhere else. Jets not likely to play him again. White won't help. 
with the wins. White's playing very well. Yeah. I mean, if you if a receiver does his job and catches a football yesterday, they they may have won that game. So, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Tyler P says Cam is six or seven rounder this year at best. He will stay another year and get paid through NIL. But what do you have? I mean, the only way the only way to go now is down. You, you've won back-to-back Pac-12 championships. You've had great performances against USC. If they win the Rose Bowl, why would he come back? Yeah. It doesn't get better. If they win the Rose Bowl, I think it pushes him out the door. If we're being honest, you know. Uh, good morning, Dallin. He says, Cam Rising may get draft, drafted, but I don't think he will do anything substantial in the league. He's a backup. He's a backup quarterback, nothing and there's nothing wrong with that. Wrong with that. That's, a wrong nice, with that's a nice paycheck, right? Good morning, Greg Hawkins. Good to see you. Football at 50 and 60 seconds. Uh, official Mike Bailey says, Utah still found a way to be there relevant at the end of the season. Ridiculous that yeah. this team didn't collapse. Yep. Ridiculous that they didn't, that they didn't collapse. In my opinion, anyway. I think it's rid- ridiculous. Monty with truth bombs. You screwed up, Trey Lance. Yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with the 49ers right now is Trey Lance. Continues to be a huge problem for them. Yeah, and you weren't a Trey Lance guy at, at that time either when they drafted Oh, yeah. Him. I thought it was a huge mistake. Yeah. And then to just hand him the ball and have a Jimmy G, it, all that controversy, and now you look like a dumbass because you didn't trade him, he saved you, and now he's hurt, and you're right back where you were. <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing? You're signing guys off other teams' practice squads to be your backup. Yeah. That's the problem. You know, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Jaron Hall uh, staying at BYU while Conover wants to leave. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. Maybe. I mean. I think Conover wants to go to a better system. Conover wants to go to a more offensive school. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. I think Cam Rising, I think Cam Rising, if they win the Rose Bowl, Cam's got to go. I mean, you, you, there's just no, yeah. it's very difficult to fight around the idea, in my opinion. I think Cam has to go. Uh, and we got to go to football at 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show, we bring you the biggest stories in football presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25. Download the Papa Murphy's app. It was so easy the other day. Ordered the Papa Murphy's. Walked in the door, picked it up, ready to rock and roll. It's awesome. Bada boom, bada bing. Had the pizza ready to go for the Pac-12 championship game. Had the take and bake cookies. It was amazing. At Papa Murphy's Pizza, use the promo code MONTY25. All right, let's talk um, NFL. What did you guys think of Deshaun Watson yesterday? I think he is what we thought he would be. Now, the fact that they won that game with Deshaun Watson being pretty bad. I think it's a tip of the cat to Cleveland. The thing that scares you if you're a football fan not of Cleveland, you can see that it's still inside of Deshaun Watson. You can see the ability to impact the game is still available to Deshaun Watson. He moves well. He throws the ball with authority. Now, the interceptions, he's going to clean that up. In in three weeks, he's not going to throw the same interceptions he threw this week. Next week, he's not going to throw the same interceptions he threw this week. He's going to get a little better every week. Is it in time for them to make the playoffs? It's not. But for everybody who was hoping Deshaun Watson would be terrible for the rest of his career, I got news for you. That's not going to happen. 
Yeah, and I think what you need to understand is that, this, like, I, and again, Deshaun said this, like, this was his week one. So you, you think about how this translates to next season. He's going to get all the rust off the rest of this year, and then they're going to come out week one and should be in a really good spot to go out and contend for that division. And I, and I just think that, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, the football player, is still going to be a prolific quarterback. Yes. I don't like Deshaun Watson, the person. I do not think that he should be playing football and taking snaps this season, but that's just my opinion. By the way, by the way, it's okay to talk football with Deshaun Watson. We yeah. need to stop this whole thing where it's like, well, he's, you know, accused of sexual assault and the NFL found it. Okay, cool. I get that. A large part of what we do is we talk football and Deshaun Watson's playing football. So we're going to talk about Deshaun playing football. We can't continue to do this thing where we're like, well, you can't talk about football with Deshaun. Okay. Yeah, we can because he's playing football. So, yeah, absolutely we can talk about Deshaun Watson playing football. And we can absolutely talk about which teams in the NFL need to make coaching changes. Mm -hmm. And I think the first one is the L.A. Rams. I mean, look, with all due respect, Sean McVay is coming off of a Super Bowl championship. But I, I think when you look at the issues now, the injuries, Matt Stafford, you know, like, I mean, they're they're on their third quarterback, like, Sean McVay's been an incredibly successful coach in L.A., yeah. but it feels like it's time to make a change, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like they've lost the sauce a little bit. They've lost that magic touch, and I think the injuries play a part in that, but I also think that, you know, this is this is why, right? This is why you, you have to appreciate the Belichick-Brady teams. You have to appreciate the great teams in the league because it's so hard to do what they did. And I think Sean McVay did a hell of a job getting to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I feel like looking back, that was a hell of a coaching job. And I think going out and having the Kahanas to Kahanas. trade Jared and go and get Matt Stafford and do that whole thing and win a Super Bowl and go out and just handle it was incredible. But it does kind of feel like you need flesh, uh, fresh blood in the system. You need a new, you need either a new voice or like you need this influx of energy. And and the question's going to be, does GM slash ownership have the courage to do that? Because I can tell you right now, there are not Sean McVay level head coaches falling off trees in the NFL, you know, and you do have it pretty good. So it's kind of hard like to weigh that. Yeah, I think when you look at other teams, Hackett's got to go in, in Denver. What, whatever that is, they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, well, you're committed to Russ now, so you gotta you got to work that out. I think the Saints. I think, you know, obviously Carolina. What about Arizona? I, I don't think there's any doubt that you have to make a coaching change because you're committed to verticality. You're committed to Kyler Murray, and he does not want Cliff Kingsbury to be his coach. I don't think it's Cliffy's fault they're losing. But you got to make a coaching change. Yeah, I mean, there's just you, you're siding with the contract, not with the coach, right? Uh, we know the Colts are going to make a change. The Packers won't make a change. The you Falcons, think they're going to make a change? Who? The Colts? Oh yeah, Jeff Saturday is not an NFL head coach right now. I mean, the mistakes they're making. Yeah, their offense somehow, some way has gotten worse <laughs> under Jeff Saturday when nobody thought that was possible. Their offense has gotten worse. Yeah, that was an ass better last night. I mean. Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than we're seeing, and it's because you don't have you don't have brave wide receivers. You don't have offensive linemen. Like it just it's so bad in Indiana in Indianapolis. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, you know, I just yeah, we'll see we'll see about that. Pittsburgh, no. 
Um, Cleveland, no. The Raiders, no. The Lions, the Lions are interesting. Not are yet. the Lions are the Lions a good football team? Are the Detroit They're Lions? Yeah. They're they've won four of their last five against the Packers, Bears, Giants, lost to the Bills by a field goal, and they just beat the Jags. Yeah. I, I think that Dan Campbell's got that going in the right direction. You wouldn't make a change there. I would not Ooh. yet. I'd give it another year. So close. How about this one? What about the Dallas Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys are 9-3. They're probably going to sign Odell Beckham Jr. by most people's guesses. Yeah, I don't think you're making a change. You're 9-3, and three, dude. I don't, I, why would you make a change? If they, But, 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 ask yourself this question. With the way they've drafted, right, like Tyler Smith, like they, I mean, they've added talent to that team. As good as they are, and as good as that defense is, they're two games off of Philly in the East. Right. But Philly's having a, a you know, a year that, that they don't typically have. If you don't win 14 games this year, and you look at the five that they have left, Texans at the Jags, Eagles at the Titans, at the Commanders. You're a 13-win team. So you think they're going to lose to the Eagles? Yeah, they will. I think they'll beat the Eagles and lose to the Titans. If that they don't, would, that would be very Cowboys. Wouldn't if it? they don't win, and maybe 13 is the right number. If they don't win 13, and if they don't go to the conference championship, dude, I think you you got to look at it because they're still making stupid how mistakes. Long, like every year, we talk about the coach in Dallas. Like at some point, it can't just be on the head coach. Well, it's not. But when your owners dickhead Jerry Jones I mean what you think Jerry's gonna fire himself no but I, I don't think Jerry's gonna fire himself but I just think it's a cop-out it's an easy oh well we didn't go to the conference to the, you know the the NFC championship game so we're gonna fire uh uh buddy how did you lose yeah, to the Packers I mean, yeah I don't know man I don't know how did you lose the Packers are not good how'd you lose to the Packers I, I, it's amazing to me. Yeah. It is amazing to me. I don't know. You're probably, I, I mean, I think you're you're definitely right. You're not, you're not firing. I just can't see it. Like, I don't know. I mean, and, and look, I think Fathead's done a decent job. Fathead. I do. Mike McCarthy, yeah. he's got a huge head. Yeah. And as a guy with a huge head, nice trust goal. me. Trust me, fat ass. Yeah. I know big heads. Yeah. And I know that people that look like Mike McCarthy love themselves some Papa Murphy's pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase. $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Use the promo code MATI25 to save 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Now, usually, I do not call people out for being just ridiculous on this show. But Lopes Fan Gabe has now gone too far. I mean, this is over-the-top funny. And hysterical. Like, I love this. Lopes Man Gabe says, I'm just saying. 
if Deshaun Watson keeps rubbing people the wrong way, <laughs> that situation is bound to explode. <laughs> See what he did there? So, so what he did there is, is he worked in the word rubbing because Deshaun's issues have been, you know, in the same realm as massages and rubbing and muscle massages and stuff, right? And he also worked in an, an exploding reference, which would be another Deshaun Watson reference as well. So, you know, I mean, that's really quality quality material there, uh, Gabe, and, and I appreciate your contribution to the show today. Well done. Yeah. Um, so I see some of the people who know, know us and follow me on Instagram are asking about Mrs. Monty. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Monty had a difficult experience snowboarding this weekend. She broke her upper arm. <laughs> Uh, we were we were snowboarding up in Park City, and we were having probably the best day that we've had snowboarding in a couple of years. Dilly dilly, and she she fell and broke her arm, and oh, so yes, Mrs. Monty is fine. She's ap- actually pain free from the break, um, but you know she's dealing with the hey, my arm's in a sling. She's right handed; it's her right arm. Um, but she is, yeah, Mrs. Monty's doing great. She's actually doing way better than I thought she'd be doing. Um, but my God, the, yeah, the pain involved gnar, and, and she broke it like up at the shoulder, the larger part oh, of the humorous bone. Woo, man, dude, I don't wish that on anybody. No, nah, I'm fine. The interesting thing about the human body is, is that she is, it's basically pain free. Like she's in a sling and her arm is not going to move from this position essentially for the next probably three weeks. Um, But it does not hurt. What hurts is like her hand is being in this odd position and, but it's crazy, man. My wife is so tough. I I just, that was, that was tough. That was a difficult, painful. And it's, she's, my wife has just turned 50. She took her first ambulance ride. And the funny thing is, I ran into a guy on the mountain that I haven't seen in five years, a guy named Victor Cade that I used to work with. Mm-hmm. By the way, ski patrol was involved. So we're basically on the, an upper part of the mountain. She had her fall in a very interesting place in that a bunch of stuff comes together. So ski patrol had to come up. She couldn't get up. Like, I mean, her arm literally is broken. So she couldn't get up. So she had to be like snowmobiled off the mountain. It was brutal. But the guy that shows up, the first ski patrol guy that shows up is Victor Cade, who I used to work with. I mean, it was unbelievable seeing it. I literally said, he said his name. He got on his radio and he said, you know, Victor Cade to uh, ski patrol. And I was like, Victor effing Cade? Are you kidding me? It was was amazing. But my wife trooped it out. The ski patrol was amazing. Uh, Park City Fire Department. Uh, the ambulance ride was amazing. The people up at the U on the hill uh, were amazing. Except the X-ray construction ex- over there, ex- except the X-ray technician. So my wife's arm is down at her side, and she's got a break up here in her shoulder. They made her rotate her arm up like this to do an X-ray. Dude, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Nah, bro, I'm fine. She is. She's unbelievable. She is unbelievable that lady uh brett burnett says ambulances are so expensive they are they absolutely are it is ooh, 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 ooh. uh my monty fan says uh still miss the jacko pizza commercial but i'd uh hog heaven a pizza yeah 
The Chaco pizza is still um, the goat. You know, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, brother says seriously, you didn't tell us about what happened until we like your wife. The hell does that even mean? My wife's been like a regular part of the show for I don't know how long. Uh, Brett Burnett says, you two broke her arm. You better buy her some roses. I didn't right? break anybody's arm, bro. No, I didn't break I, anybody's we didn't, arm. We didn't have anything to do with that, man. Yeah, she is absolutely a trooper. Yeah. Uh, my Monty fan says, oh, man, sorry, Mrs. Monty. My son broke his arm this weekend, too. Oh, no, did he really? That's brutal. Uh, Monty, Mrs. Monty broke her right arm. Now you're really going to have to learn how to load the dishwasher correctly and many other chores. <laughs> Handle your business. Dude, that ain't even a joke. Dude. And there is no more humbling experience for somebody like my wife who's very, she's very independent, very independent, like having to help her get dressed, having to, like, she's wearing my jacket yesterday, like just like trying to like live your life. She's right-handed. She can't use her right arm. Um, but yeah, I don't even care about like cooking. Like I've did all the cooking this weekend, like cleaning, doing laundry, like that just is what it is. But yeah, you ain't kidding, man. You ain't kidding. And my Monty fan says, bad timing, Mrs. Monty. She loves her Christmas. Now you have to get her a real Christmas tree. She needs this. Nah, bro. Hell no. Um, there's things I won't do. There are things <laughs> I will not, you know. You know. Man's uh, got to know his limitations. The macho man says, I had a root canal last week. Oh, Ooh. damn. What's the most painful injury anybody's had? So I broke my elbow. That was probably the worst thing. I broke a, my arm at the elbow when I was playing basketball in Sacramento. Uh, that was still back in the day when I could dunk a basketball. And I went to dunk a basketball and got undercut and landed like with my forearms on the ground. Yeah. And I thought I was fine. I actually tried to keep playing, but then I, I felt nauseous. And I went home and I was trying to put my pants on and fell the exact same way. Oh, damn. And it turns out um, I had a broken, bar, a broken bone up in my elbow. So that was incredibly painful. Um, probably tearing my ACL is the worst injury I've ever had. Like yeah. I will never forget the pain of that, but you haven't had a yeah, knock I on took wood. A, I took a good ride. Uh, I used to be an instructor at Canyon. So I, I took a pretty good fall ride in park one day and, uh, decided my park riding days were over. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, but what's the most painful injury you've ever had thankfully i haven't had i don't remember the i remember certain parts when i was a kid i broke my collarbone my brother jumped off a radiator playing wrestling and broke my collarbone i remember some things about that and it still hurts me occasionally like like i can feel like i broke my left collarbone i can feel the difference in my collarbones but i don't have i don't have like pain there it's just ooh. Uh, I had. Can I says when I broke my collarbone, I felt uh, I felt that all the way to the hospital. Yes, yeah, we were playing when we lived in Phoenix. We were playing pickup, and I tried to take a charge and had I think lightly bruised ribs for like a week. I think mm -hmm. the most painful injury like that I've had is uh, bruising my tailbone snowboarding. Oh, the worst. dude, brutal! But you know what the funny thing is when you learn to snowboard and you stand up, you never are on the ground anymore. And the only time you're on a ground, like last year, I, I played it off, but I body slammed myself last year. Yeah. And I had rib pain for like a week. That the, it, Snowboarding is that sport. Everything's fine. You're having the best day you've ever had, and then you break your arm. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it requires discipline with your technique. Like you have to be 
locked. Yeah. Uh, official Mike Bailey says, I broke my heart once. It sucks. Jake has no heart. And hey, you start talking shit. You know. Um, not an injury, Tyler P says, but kidney stones were by far the worst pain. Oh, Jesus. Kidney stones are terrible. Yeah. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, most painful for me was broken ribs from mountain biking. Coughing and laughing was brutal for about a month. I, when I broke my ribs snowboarding, I broke the cartilage at my sternum. Mm-hmm. That was miserable. Like you cannot sleep, you cannot eat, you cannot laugh, you can't fart, you can't do anything, I think, dude. I th- dude, I think the other Ooh. thing with snowboarding, though, and I imagine this is probably the same thing for like skiing or other sports, like, but specifically with snowboarding, you learn how to push your limits within reason, but you also learn how to fall to a certain extent. So, like, the thing for Mrs. Monty was it just she got sniped. I mean, she she you know made a, a certain type of turn and just you know caught an edge and it dropped her. Like, that's just how the sport works sometimes. But, like, when you're going fast, you know when you're like, all right, I'm going too fast. Yes, you, you know. Do. But you also know when you're like, you're going fast, you're like, all right, I'm going fast, but I'm kind of cruising here. I'm good. Like, we're, we're good. You know, so, like, you learn, you find your limits, you know, and, and if you stick to your limits, you will be fine. Oof. 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 Nah, bro. Nah. Uh, Riley O'Brien makes a good point. Says Mike Tyson's worst was he broke his back. It was a spinal. Okay, wow. I'll wait. Go ahead. Um, wow. Why you got to put me on a spot like this, dude? Spinal. Back is broken. There you go. Thank you. I broke my back. You know. <laughs> awesome. Kenai Johnson says, do you guys remember the old wall heaters that had like some type of small opening device on it so you can open and close the vent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I do remember those. Uh, worst injury for me was having an icicle hit my head and needed staples. Jesus. Spinal. Are you serious? <laughs> I broke my back. Good Lord. M.Y. Monty fan says, I broke my ribs uh, and they punctured my liver and lung. Bro. Literally stick a fork in me. I was done. Good Lord. He is Lord. a sick puppy. Ooh. Fat Jesus says, no, I'm not reading about your epididymis. Giggity says, I'm dealing with gout in my big toe right now. This is up there in pain experience. Ooh, gout's nasty. Yeah. Gout is nasty. Um, brother says that same thing until I almost fell through my knee with no wet floor inside of my working space. But look on the bright side. Uh, it's not broken. Only just a sore knee. I'm okay to go back, uh, to go to the medical Monty. Ooh, last year snowboarding. I don't know. Last year was the first year I snowboarded in five years. So I, like I struggled all year to get off the lift, mm-hmm. like on a, a snowboard. Yeah. Um, you, you have one foot in a binding and one foot out when you get off the lift and I just struggled with it. So at the top of PCMR, um, I slipped and slammed my knee on hard ice and broke what's called a bursa sack. Oh, that I, yeah, it's been a rough physical year in my house. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, Brett Burnett says you introduced her to the sport, which caused the problem. You two in trouble. You, you know, Not the worst fan. part She's been is riding for a long time when she was laying on the ground, screaming in pain, like you're helpless. You're sitting there waiting for ski patrol. Yeah. It's the worst thing in the world. And I, I had nightmares all night, Saturday night. She did this on Saturday. Like I had nightmares about her screaming all night long. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Like it just hurts my heart, dude. Like, but you know, like the people, my wife had just bought dope snow gear, like yeah. clothing, and they had to cut her jacket off of her. So dope snow replaced it, which was nice. So there's been good moments with it. Yeah. There's been good, good moments with it. 
Um, okay, so can I on the uh, radiator thing? Ours was broken edge sharp. Well, I ended up stabbing myself in the back uh, about one inch from the spine. I was final. <laughs> wow, that's brutal. Uh, San Diego State says worst injury: high ankle sprain while playing two on two basketball. Uh, and Peterson Jim at San Diego State versus two players on the Aztec women's basketball team. Pride made me play through it. Wrong decision. High ankle sprains are the dude, worst ever. Dude. The wor- nah. And by the way, a high ankle sprain essentially is the, you know, you have two bones in your leg. They spread apart. Oh, oh they almost, it's, you're close to breaking it. Back is broken. You're close to breaking it. Um, Jeremy says, I remember boarding up at Brighton and after landing on a, a small jump going about 60 miles an hour, at least it felt like it. I caught a back edge, and it was the first time I'd saw stars because I hit my head so freaking hard. Oh yeah, we've all done that. We've we've all I I, I can tell Ooh. you the first time I ever got on a snowboard at a little place called Snow Valley. I hit yeah. my head, and I was got my bell rung for sure. Well, the funny thing is, I was telling my wife that I hurt my shoulder at Snow Valley. Jake and I were snowboarding in the dark at night, and there's a turn at Snow Valley where you come down. You turn right and you go straight down the hill, but there's a tree there. And I went to stop at that tree and just body slam myself. <laughs> and my shoulder was wrecked for probably three years, years. I never got it fixed, but now I've like worked it out and rehabbed it a little bit and now it's fine. But yeah, I've done that. I've done that. It's, it's absolutely yeah, brutal. Yeah, dude. You know, uh, Brett Burnett says, most painful injury is a paper cut sometimes. Oh, no doubt. Hang nails, little things. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. All right. The Monty Show is presented by our good friends uh, at The Advocates. Make sure you find them online, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business on another rainy, snowy morning, depending where you are in the state of Utah across the valley. Or if you're one of our listeners in Phoenix, absolutely. The brand new Advocates office is open in Phoenix. Um, And by the way, Idaho, Utah, Phoenix, get online, theadvocates.com. All of their offices and all their service areas and states are there. Um, and whether it's social security, disability, um, you know, here in Utah, workman's comp, you name it, injuries, slips and falls, car accidents, motorcycles, you name it, they do it. The advocates where you never come out of pocket to pay for a consultation or a retainer. They don't do that. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at the advocates.com. Um, what do you think the biggest story in sports today is? I don't think there's any doubt. Utah getting slapped in the face. I think it is this, the the Utah Utes are back-to-back Pac-12 champions. And the thing that's amazing is that in the coaches pool, USC is eighth and Utah is 10th. Um, I cannot believe that. Yeah. That the coaches rank USC higher than Utah, who's beaten USC twice, including the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. So I just, I'll ask again. They did it to Oregon last year when they beat Oregon twice. They've done it to USC this year. What does Utah have to do to get over? Because I don't know the answer to that. And, and I know it seems simplistic, and I know it seems like I'm just stirring the pot for a problem, but I think the Pac-12 and the lack of viewership amongst those that matter, coaches, writers, East Coast, Midwest, yeah, they just don't care. The Southeast doesn't care about the Pac-12. And so I'm begging Utah to get out of the Pac-12. Get to the Big 12 as soon as you can. Give me BYU and Utah every single year. Give me eyes on the Utah Ute program every single week because Kyle Whittingham has earned his spot as one of the elite coaches in college football. 
that nobody knows about. The Utah Ute football program is one of the best programs in the country, but nobody knows about it. So they rank them 10th behind a USC team that they've beaten twice because USC has a reputation, Utah doesn't. And it's crazy to even say that out loud that Utah doesn't have the football reputation it needs to be respected nationally. And there's only one explanation for that because it's not winning games, it's not recruiting, it's not beating the Giants because they've done that. It's not winning conference championships. They've done that back-to-back years. It's that nobody sees you play football. Nobody cares what you do in the portal or in recruiting when they don't watch your games and nobody watches Pac-12 football. Even though on television, Utah has one of the biggest West Coast audiences, nobody watches Utah football in the Southeast, in the East, in in the, the Northeast, in the Midwest, in Texas. Nobody watches. And those are the people that are the decision makers. And they rank USC 8th and Utah 10th. It is frustrating. The word, I, 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 I was disgusted by it yesterday. Yeah. When I saw the coaches pull. Yeah. I don't, what, what does Utah have to do to get over? Yeah, I, 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 you know, to be honest with you, I don't know. That's my honest answer. I don't know what, I don't even know what getting over looks like. Like, what does getting over even mean for the for Utah? Because if getting over means just national respect, yeah, you probably got to change conferences, right? Like, that that's just what it is. I mean, I, I, I sorry, forgive me if I don't think that George Klyovkov and company are going to get it done, right? Like, I just don't believe that. So if getting over means national relevancy, yeah, probably got to go to the Big 12, like you were just saying. If getting over just means that you're going to get a few more votes, then you could probably get that done in, in the pack. But I think what 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 what's in your control, what you can do, is not lose to Florida. Don't lose to Florida, yeah. right? Uh, don't turn the football over against UCLA. That's what you can do. You can be a one-loss team, and then you'll get into the college football playoff, and they won't have a choice, apparently, unless you're Ohio State, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, that's what you can do right now. But, yeah, I, I, I have always been, again, you know, I have been the guy in this show that has said, College football is unenjoyable until we get to bowl season where we get, you know, the Sugar Bowl and the Peach Bowl and everything where we're getting major bowl games to decide national champions because I don't know what determines who gets in and who doesn't. I don't know. Is it is it brand? Is it wins and losses? Is it is it like, you know, everything combined? It seems awfully convenient that some of these teams are in and some are not, right? Like that's my problem and it always has been. And look, I get it. You can't do some 64-team field in college football. That's not how this game works. But there has to be more consistency. There's got to be a rubric. The way there is in college basketball, there's got to be a rubric in college football for who gets in and who doesn't. And I don't want to hear that, well, Alabama's a two-loss team, and that's why they didn't get in. That's trash. That's just not a fair argument. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's why when when you look at – and BYU is an interesting example. BYU is going to the New Mexico Bowl. Neat. Against SMU. Okay. You got to win more games. But if you look at what Kalani's accomplished at BYU in the last few years, the New Mexico Bowl is absolutely a disappointment. There, And I'm not saying that they should or deserved or could have. They lost all the games of matter this year. It would have been nice to have a better bowl game. Okay, well, BYU earned the New Mexico Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
Utah has earned the Rose Bowl two years in a row and won back-to-back Pac-12 championships. And they're still ranked behind USC, right? I think BYU has more pull nationally. And I don't even... I don't even know that it's close. I think BYU has more pull nationally than Utah does. And this always pisses everyone off. Oh, well, you guys are just drinking the blue Kool-Aid and you're a BYU show. And it's like, no, dude, once again, like, look at the numbers. Look at look at how widespread the BYU fan base is. Look how often they're on ESPN for those. for Because those, everyone likes to say, too, oh, well, BYU's only got a fan base because of the church, because all those damn Mormons. Well, That's what everyone always wants to say. Okay. Take, take the Mormons out of it, right? Take the LDS, the church, take all that out of it. You know why BYU has more pull? Because they're on ESPN and Utah's not, right? Utah's on the Pac-12 network, which I don't get to watch, which Buddy in North Carolina doesn't get to watch. But they can watch BYU when there's no NBA on on some random Wednesday night or whatever, but BYU's on TV, they're going to watch BYU because it's football. That's well, the and it's on ESPN. It's on ESPN. And by the way, it's on the ESPN app. I just say, I just say that this, and, and again, I'll go back to the Jaron Hall example. Why is Jaron Hall going to be drafted higher than Cam Rising? Is Cam significantly less of a quarterback than Jaron? He's not. Is Jaron a better pro quarterback? Yeah, he is. There's his skill set, no doubt about it. Jaron Hall has been more widely seen by those who matter mm-hmm. and has a significantly bigger hype train because he plays at BYU. Thanks. I'm telling you, and again, the bottom line is the Pac-12 hurts Utah. That's the bottom line. Yeah, The Pac-12 hurts Utah. Repeatedly. There's just no other way around that. And it, it, you can you can spin it any way you want and talk about the strength of the program and the strength of the conference. And if Utah were in the Big Twelve, they would be they would be much closer to the top four than tenth in the coaches' poll. If Utah were in the Big Twelve, I think they would have a much better, in my opinion, chance at winning a national championship than they do in the Pac-12. Yeah, because winning a Pac-12 championship is almost meaningless anymore. Yeah, unless you're USC. It's bottom line because USC is always going to get the benefit of the doubt. You see those three letters in a win, you almost don't care how it happened. It's USC. They're undefeated. It's USC. They're a one-loss team. It's USC. They're... Okay, so that's how it's going to be. Oh, it's Utah. Who's their head coach? Like, that's the conversation that happens. Yeah. Whether you want it to be or not, that's the conversation that happens. And it's frustrating because, again, this is... Not unlike the Big Ten conversation we've had the last two days on this show, if you're just tuning in. We were talking about, again, I said this morning, it's a farce and a joke that Ohio State is in the college football playoff. Yeah, It's a joke. Alabama belongs in the number four spot. I don't begrudge TCU at three. I would have put them four, in my opinion. I'd have put them four. I don't think there's any doubt Georgia and Michigan are one and two. Okay, cool. Alabama's the third best team in the country, in my opinion. And I think if it was a 2-3 Michigan-Bama, I think we would have Georgia and, and Alabama for the national championship, and I don't think anybody would hate that. Nope. I think it would draw a huge audience. And you can respect it because they're the two best teams in the country, which is what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. I just... By the way, how many people know who the head coach is at Colorado but don't know who the head coach is at Utah? <laughs> can I just ask that question real quick? Well, the prime thing's interesting. Does Deion Sanders raise the the bar for 
for Colorado nationally? Absolutely. There's nobody this morning that doesn't know that Deion Sanders is the coach at, at Colorado. And why is that? Because Deion put it out, the Pac-12 put it out, Colorado put it out, ESPN put it out, Fox put it out. Everybody's talking about it. We've played it. Deion Sanders talking to the Colorado football team saying, hey, if you if you know you got to get for you get in the transfer portal go where you want to go get what you can get go on and jump into the portal because I'm going to bring guys I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louie right I'm bringing my son here's your starting quarterback because that's what you do when's the last time we've seen anything like that out of Utah come on man when's the last time we've seen anything like that out of Oregon State Washington State oh that's right we don't because they don't have the biggest swing and D in the flipping football world and, and prime as their head coach who walks around with cameras everywhere he goes, which is exactly what you should be doing. You should absolutely be doing that. Mm -hmm. Are they? They're not. Will Utah ever do that? They won't. Does USC do that? They do. They have guys mic'd up for football practice at USC because they do daily specials at USC. Do they do that at Utah? They don't. Like, it, it, the Pac-12 is forever broken. You can save UCLA and keep them in the conference. Okay, great. The Pac-12 is forever broken because does you does UCLA move the needle? Oh, they're the best team in the in DTR, and they lost four games this year, man. Because it's Chip Kelly. <coughs> if Prime had been hired at UCLA, we'd be having a different conversation. But he's in Boulder, not in flipping Westwood. Mm -hmm. Pac-12 is forever broken, and Klyovkov can't fix it. Nope. Because he doesn't know what he's doing. But what is the Big 12 doing? Big 12's doing what it should be doing. Not talking a whole lot, are they? Nope. Just going to the college football playoff. Just doing their thing, putting TCU in. You know, it's all good. It's all good, man. It's all good. I just... Yeah, anyway. I'll stop. My, talk. The top four teams in the country, in my opinion, in my opinion, if I was voting, the top four teams in the country would have been Georgia 1 and nobody else. I kid. Georgia <laughs> one, Michigan two, Alabama three, TCU four. Agreed. That's who I had to put in. And I think it's easy to see that. I don't, I just don't think it's that difficult to be like, yeah, TCU lost. They got to pay a price for that, but they're still in the playoff, right? That's why they're four. Yeah. Bama's three, right? Because they are a three or a two loss team and they need to pay a price for that. But they're definitely better than Ohio State because they play in the SEC. And that SEC schedule is way better than the Big Ten schedule. With all due respect to Purdue, I know Purdue is a world beater. And then obviously, Michigan and Georgia are very straightforward. Michigan's two, Georgia's one. Like, it's, you see what I mean? Like, it's just not that hard to be like, yeah, these are the teams that should be in, and these are the teams that shouldn't be in. Sorry, Ohio State, that Big Ten schedule is holding you back. Wow. I don't know why that's so difficult. I don't know either. I don't get it. And... And I, I will continue to die on the hill of more people know who Deion Sanders is than Kyle Whittingham. And as long as that's the case, that's the problem. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the transfer portal goes because Hudson Carr is officially in the transfer portal. Um, man, if you're Georgia, aren't you going after Hudson Carr? Mm -hmm. Card? Because Stetson Bennett's going to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the guy's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Have to. I mean, there's he's pro. He's got a pro setup too, dude. Yeah, the transfer portal's life changing. But again, Dion, right? So Dion should be able to get into the transfer portal and really be prolific, like he should. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good morning to be a Utah fan. I mean, your back-to-back 
Pac-12 champions. You're going to the Rose Bowl against Penn State. You're a point and a half favorite you against Penn State. You should win that game. That's a game you feel like you should win. You I, should I, win you, that game. You should feel like you're better than, than Penn State. And I think if Utah wins the Rose Bowl, I just don't know what else Kyle Whittingham can do from being the original BCS buster to winning a national championship to you know now back-to-back Pac-12 titles, back-to-back Rose Bowl trips. Like I, I, There's just nothing left. I mean, he. Oh, there's he should, only one thing. Well, national championship. There's only one thing, and I think that that the tough part about that is that's more complicated than going to the Rose Bowl. You've shown that you can get to the Rose Bowl now. We know you can yeah, do that. I, I don't know but, if the Pac-12 ever has a seat at the table. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, no, I, you know what it is. No, no seriously, you know what it is. You got to go undefeated. You can't. It, this is again. This is the TCU. But thing. a one-loss USC team could have gotten in. And uh, what would it have meant to the Pac-12 that outgoing USC? And I think they'll win the conference next year. My opinion is is that Lincoln Riley is only going to be a better football coach and a better football team next year. Yeah, they're going to be better. They're not going to give Utah eighty points in two games. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable that that Cam and company did that to them. Yeah, USC is going to be better, and I think. I got to believe that Cam goes. I got to think he goes. Yeah. Um, with all the injuries he's battled now, this knee thing, and I, I just, if they win the Rose Bowl, how does Cam Rising come back? Because I don't think anybody's delusional enough to think that Utah can, what, are you going to get better, win the conference, and then go to the national championship next year? like, Or go to the college football playoff? That seems improbable. Yeah. Especially with USC in the conference, Dion in the conference, like, I think the Pac-12 is growing, competitively speaking, but I don't know why you would come back. I mean, yeah. he's making good NIL money. I get that, but Clark Phillips is making good NIL money. Is he coming back? There's not a chance no, he's coming, dude. Right? You so, don't. You don't choose NIL money over league money. You just don't do that. That's I, not. You don't. Do and that. I think, by the way, uh, nobody's going to deny you got incredibly fortunate with, with Oregon just absolutely choking on a D like falling apart like yeah. I mean you but Bo Nix by the way got, duck season you got where you at help. dude you got help and yeah. a lot of it to get here now I'm not saying the, the Utes didn't earn it you beat USC twice this USC team twice in a year you've absolutely earned it you earned it last year with Oregon yeah I, I, I it's improbable if you're Cam Rising I think you have to go yeah I think you have to go if you're if you're Keithy and Kincaid I mean, Don Kincaid has battled so many injuries the second Number half of the season. Number one tight end in the country. Why would you come back? Yeah. You have to go. Now, I mean, that defense, the secondary is elite. Now, obviously on defense, guys like Lander Barton are the future. We know that. You're always going to be stocked on defense. You know, like, you know, the Mo Diabates of the world. Like, you're always going to have guys. Yeah. The question is, if you a Hudson card or any of the top quarterbacks, did you see that Keaton Slovis is transferring again? <laughs> like, do you, I mean, do those? But again, he's not a. But see, okay, I have to disagree on this one. Keaton Slovis is not a top quarterback prospect. Not in at my all. He's not at not. all. He is strictly average, and that. But that again, all due respect, that is a very Utah selection. If I had ever seen one. That's a Utah selection. Yeah, and I think when you look at when you look at a Drew Pine out of Notre Dame, Drew Pine's not a difference making quarterback. Game manager runs it runs the offense a bit, but he's not a game breaker. At yeah, all. I, I I think when you look at the when you look at the transfer portal and how transformative it is, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Wit does to rebuild this team because you're going to, in my opinion, be Rose Bowl champions. Yeah. 
And it's the, this team. If you're not inspired by what the Utah Utes are doing, special. If you are not inspired by what they've done over the last two years through all of the issues that this team has had on and off the field with Tavion alone, that Jaquindon Jackson puts up that performance in mm-hmm. that game to give you, you know, a, a, another Pac-12 championship, you know, like it, it's just. It's remarkable. Like, I don't know. Cam taking the big shots. Right? I mean, that that you win 42-24, 13 carries, 105 yards, and two scores for Jaquindon is it's unbelievable. Yeah, 47 points for Utah is, As is a, ridiculous. And he was a quarterback a year ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. But it, it, I think, it, again, all of this to say, if I'm Cam Rising, I have to go. If I'm Dalton Kincaid, I have to go. If I'm Brand Keithy, I have to go. The tight end is becoming such a prolific position in the NFL. You have to go, right? Like, have to. Now is the time. This Rose Bowl, this is the feather. This is the cherry on top. This is the you're you're dotting your your eyes and crossing your T's you on your legacy. You have a big game in the Rose Bowl. Oh that'll, man, that'll up your draft stock big time. I mean, and that they're a point and a half. Over mighty Penn State, all oh, the Good Big Ten. God. Oh my God! Shut up! I'm so tired of hearing it. They, <coughs> go the Big Ten. The Big Ten's a, a two-team league. Yeah, a two-team league. Hey, by the way, the Pac-12 is a six-team league. Now yeah, I sit I here and six. say that. Yeah, now I sit here and say that, and I may be completely wrong. You know, uh, Greg Hawkins says forty-seven twenty-four. That Alex Grinch USC defense is trash. Well, yeah. they're they're on the rise. I mean. Again, Sean New is a very interesting figure in this conversation because USC, I mean, he's up for assistant of the year. He is up for assistant coach of the year in college football. Sean New, the the D-line coach at at USC, and he is, that guy can recruit the balls off a donkey. Like, that guy, (laughs) Sean New is an incredible recruiter. I mean... I, he can recruit the balls off a donkey. Tell me I'm, I'm wrong. Real. Tell me. Yeah, man. I'm for real. I mean, he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, Greg Romano, I agree with that. Dallin Holker is going to go to Utah. I've heard that from five different people who say they already know. You know, but I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that USC defense is going to get much better. I think. It better. I, at BYU, and by the way, if you did not hear the news um, out of Boise last night, reports say that Kelly Papinga is leaving Boise State and coming to Provo in some form or fashion to coach at BYU. The word news was expected. My guess is, my guess is, and we heard Friday that he would that Kelly Papinga was absolutely a guy they were looking at for assistant head coach linebackers. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if they if they used Kelly as a line. He's an excellent linebacker coach. If they used him as a linebacker coach in the special teams coordinator, I would not be surprised at that. Yeah. I mean, special teams in Provo were garbage this year. Yeah. I mean, Jake the Make was no longer a thing. Like, I mean, Keep just the kicking game, the kick coverages, field position. BYU for large swaths of the season, was unable to flip the field. They were unable to to control the game. I mean, obviously, defensively, they couldn't get off the field on third down. Like, but you yeah. also couldn't kick well. You also couldn't punt well. You couldn't cover well. Like, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Brady or excuse me, Kelly Papinga uh, as linebacker coach and special teams coordinator. Yeah. I would not be said there are two different phases of practice. Like you can absolutely do that. You know, like you can absolutely do that. Yeah. But I think, I think the next week to 10 days is going to be completely transformative. And we've been telling you for two weeks that significant changes were coming to BYU. Now, the one thing that I have not seen, and obviously it's recruiting season. So I understand why BYU is being very, very quiet about the changes they are making. Um, I have not seen anything about changes in the strength and conditioning department. And that's something that's got to happen. Yeah. It's got to happen. So, I mean, I've seen all of the, you know, the Ed Lambs, the Cohens, the Harvey Ungas, the, I'm curious what's going on with Harvey Unga because it's, it's disappointing that he is leaving, but yeah, you know, hearing all of that, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see because I don't know that you needed change on on offense at all in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I think the offense has been fine. Yeah, it's the only reliable thing you had. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins says, I personally am very excited for the first ever Penn State-Utah matchup. I think Penn State is a very average football team. I swear to God if they lose to Penn State, dude. But again, let's play the Penn State game. I'm happy to do it. Somebody tell me the quality Penn State win. I and I know. Listen, man, I get it. It's the Big Ten. They're the best conference um, that anyone's ever um, seen. You know, like generally um, speaking, like I mean, it's a um, kick in the groin. Like, what's the? Here are their wins at Penn State, at Purdue. Purdue was eight and five this year. You know, Ohio. I don't know because I have no idea that Ohio. You know, Hell no. At Auburn, Auburn, one of the worst teams. One of absolutely the worst teams in the SEC, five and seven, two and six in conference. <laughs> they offered the job to Deion Sanders. He turned him down. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. Central Michigan. I said Central Michigan, the Chippewas. <coughs> <laughs> the Chippewas? They're four and eight on the season, three <coughs> and five in the MAC. Bro. The Central Michigan Chippewas. And we're supposed to believe that Penn State is some legit team. We're only three games in here. Northwestern, 1-8 in conference, 1-11 <laughs> on the season. Minnesota, 8-4 on the season, 5-4 in the mighty Big Ten. Home of the Hackbeat Riders. Indiana, 2-7 in conference, 4-8 on the season. Maryland. Four and five in conference, seven and five on the season. Rutgers. Oh, this was on the road, though. Oh, they won at one and eight Rutgers. Um, Michigan State. Well, they were three and six and five and seven overall. <laughs> Fuck, like, who are, who is their quality win? Because you know who they lost to? Michigan. That's out of the window. 41 to 17, Michigan beat Penn State. Bro. At Penn, at Michigan, at the Big I'm going to get medieval on your ass. Dude. At home. At home. Happy Valley, Whiteout. No, Happy Valley. Joe Paterno statue. If you guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. Don't bring the kids. 44 to 31. Between Ohio State and Michigan, they gave up 85 points. That's pretty much self-explanatory. They lost 85 to 48 to Michigan and Ohio State. Dude. 
Oh, but it's Penn State. Praise Jesus, it's Penn State. <laughs> Guy, I, look, this conference is so embarrassing. God bless. It's the East and then everybody else. But Purdue, boiler up, mother... No, not boiler up. What are you, must? Not boiler up. Well, Purdue was eight and five. That's an eight-win football team, boy. Who cares? Oh, but they, they're going to the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. <laughs> Who cares? It's Purdue. It's Purdue, man. It, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's, it's Michigan, Ohio State. Hey, who's in the Big Ten? Michigan and Ohio State. Who else? Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody is out. Nobody else is Nobody. in. Nobody. In two years, it'll be Michigan, Ohio State, and USC. And actually, um, it'll be USC, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. Get out of here. Conference sucks. I'm Get so tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. It's the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, man. Like, come on. Like, this. Oh, what dude. is so. And if I'm wrong, hey, if I'm being a jerk about this, go ahead and explain to me what's so good about the Big Ten. I'm not afraid to die. Right? I'm not. I can make the TCU argument. When I die, I'm going to paradise. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I could go to. Well, Stillwater's not paradise, but I could go to the Big 12 and make an argument. The Big 12 is deep. TCU's good. Look at what K-State did. Kansas was a neat little story for a minute until they figured out they, they were basketball instead of football, like, and now you suck again. Like, But listen, I can make an argument for the Big 12. Somebody tell me, other than filleting other people in the conference to make them feel better about themselves, tell me what the Big 10 has done in, on any level to make themselves at all viable. But no one's going to disrespect me. Because in the Pac-12, I could say, okay, well, I've got USC and Utah. Well, it's really Utah because, again, and I know no coach in the country understands this because the coaches poll has USC 8th and Utah 10th this week. Y'all want to play. It's Utah who's won the conference back-to-back -back years, and they, they've beat Oregon twice last year, USC twice this year. It's Utah. It's, it's USC. I mean, Oregon, Oregon State had a fantastic season. Yeah. Okay, Washington, totally get it. Rebuilding, I get it. Like, hey, DTR is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. UCLA can beat anybody any given Charbonnet. day. Tell me how Indiana beats anybody on any given day. Donnie, you're out of your element. Northwestern hasn't fired Pat Fitzgerald yet. They didn't offer their job to Deion Sanders. That's Colorado did. Man. But Colorado did. Colorado sucked since Cordell Stewart sucked, <laughs> right? And now Deion's there. And now everybody's excited about the buffs. Make me the same argument. What's exciting about the Big Ten? Oh, well, they got that Saturday night deal on NBC. Yeah, so um, what? Nobody's going to watch. Oh, but it's USC and Ohio State on Saturday night. Okay, once USC and UCLA are in the conference, okay, that's in two years we can have the conversation. Yeah. Right now, today, what business does Ohio State have being in the college football playoff? That's out of the window. None. None. None, not not at all. I can I can you want to make a passionate argument? I can make a passionate argument for Alabama. Alabama. Roll tide. I can. I can. And I, I you know what? I, I I say it all the time. I can make a passionate argument about why barbecue pit stops the best barbecue equipment store in the business, man.
Facts. It's not even that difficult. It's more difficult huh? to argue for Alabama, but they I know. They got a strong schedule. Then when I go to bbqpitstop.com, I'm getting Traeger. I'm getting Yoder. I'm getting Big Green Egg. Those are all quality wins. You know, like I'm, I, I'm getting big wins in big games, right? You know, I, it's, ooh, Luke, uh, Luke Altemeyer is leaving Old Miss. He's in the transfer portal. A lot of quarterbacks in the portal, baby. A uh, lot of good equipment at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Anytime we talk college football in this show, you know it's presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Our guys, you know, they're all local entrepreneurs, all five stores in Utah, whether that is Logan, Layton, uh, our good friends at Murray. That's a store I've been shopping at. I go down and see Steve and Clinton in Lehigh as well. All of our friends down in St. George, they're all just great guys to do business with. And they get it. They know that you don't always have time to get to the store. That's why you can shop online at bbqpitstop.com. And when we're talking about Christmas shopping season, I'm begging you to shop locally. And you know that we talk about it every day on this show, especially with all of our sponsors that are local, guys like Quick Quack, guys like Papa Murphy's, certainly our guys at Tri-Day Trading, certainly our guys at The Advocates, but absolutely our guys at Barbecue Pit Stop. Local business owners trying to make a living doing great job of servicing you. And you go into Barbecue Pit Stop. Yeah, you know, again, that you're going to get the Yoder. You know that you're going to get... Yo if you haven't seen a Yoder smoker, they're awesome pieces of equipment to Don't look real. at. Right? You know that you're going to get select cuts of meat because now all of their stores have meat counters. I'm for real. You know that you're going to get the best rubs, spices, sauces, wing dust. Their selection of spices, sauces, whole wall full. You know you're getting that. But maybe what you don't understand is that when you go to a big box store and buy a Traeger smoker, you're not getting Clinton at the Lehigh store. Thanks. Who is going to be like, hey, man, what are you making on this? And they're going to talk to you and they're going to say, well, hey, you know, I'm making wings for the, you know, for, we're buying this because we're having a big party for the Rose Bowl and we're going to make wings. Okay, well, hey, what season? You know, you should try this or try that. Hey, do I need to let my brisket, I'm going to make a brisket for Christmas. Do I need to let my brisket rest? Well, yeah. And they're going to give you the recipe and talk to you about different techniques. Like you're buying into the people at barbecue pit stop. That's what makes them great. Now you're a fool if you don't get the asado seasoning and I put it on everything, including shredded wheat to pizza and wings. I don't put it on my shredded wheat, but I would. The point is what are you, the asado seasoning is where it's at. And you only get that at barbecue pit stop, BBQ pit stop. Dot com. A lot of questions for duck season. Yeah, well, because duck season's not here. Somehow he's, you know. No, Kyle A. Duck season didn't donate 100 bucks like he promised. Yeah, because he's, you know. He won't be here. No, he won't be here, dude. He won't be here. No, the no, guy... no, you know what will happen? He'll come back. You watch. He'll come back Thursday, Friday. He'll, he'll give it some time, but he needs to watch the show because he likes the you show think? and he likes during. Oh, yeah, he'll be back. Oh, yeah, he'll be back. 100%. Okay. Uh, Greg Romano says one could argue that the Utes didn't play a tough schedule. SUU, Arizona State, and Colorado. Everybody's got SUU on their schedule. Everybody. The everybody. The problem for Ohio State is every week it's SUU. And the two weeks it wasn't, you got slacked. Utah's 10 and 3. Florida loss. At Florida, by the way. SUU, San Diego State. Well, San Diego State sucks. I mean, just ask. You know, our guy asked San Diego State Aztec. Snapdragon. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, San Diego State, Arizona State, Oregon State, 42-16. to 16. UCLA, loss at UCLA, 42-32. USC, back-to-back, 
they win 43-42. At Washington State, without their starting quarterback, they win. Arizona, Stanford, Oregon, they lose. Colorado and USC. Best schedule in the country, not not close. Most difficult schedule, not close. Good wins, absolutely. You beat USC twice, you belong in the Rose Bowl. So I can make the argument. Yeah. The problem is people that say SUU or weak schedule, you don't understand then that winning on a Thursday night in Pullman, Washington without your starting quarterback <laughs> is impressive. Going to, to you know, beating Oregon State, that's impressive. You would have loved to have beaten Oregon. You would love to have Cam had been a far better quarterback against Florida, you win that game because Florida wasn't very good. But I think you avenged yourself and you're a 10 and 3 team and two of your wins are against USC and one's a blowout in the conference championship game and it's not hard to see you know that you could be 12 and 1 or whatever yeah come on like, um hey if all 138 of you would give us a thumbs up right now we've got 59 likes can we get to 100 in the next 5 minutes yeah well, let's get to 100 in the next 5 minutes do it what Hit is everybody button. laughing at I don't know what everybody's well, laughing at. I, I see just a bunch of laughing emojis. Let's go. Let's see. Um, brother says, Tanner, he doesn't like Penn State so much. Shake my head. LOL. What gave you that idea? I don't, I don't know what you mean. I'm not sure what you're saying. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, barbecue pit stop text chat is undefeated. Wife wanted Christmas gift ideas for me, so I hit them up for a knife set recommendation. Of course, they came through with a solid suggestion. Hey, see what I mean? See like what this, I'm saying? This, this, this isn't difficult. It's not difficult. And I think the, the thing that's so interesting is that when you, when you look at the barbecue pit stop chat feature, that's exactly what it's for. You go on their website, BBQ Pit Stop, and you'll just say, hey, um, I'm looking for a knife set. Do you guys have a recommendation? Hey, I need the best set of tongs because Monty said every man has to have a tong. Yeah. They'll give you a great recommendation. Or you can just say, hey, you know, do I need to let my brisket rest? And should I wrap it and put it in a cooler? Wrap it. You know. Uh, the Nye guy says, I know I'm not on topic, but that Jazz Portland game could have been uh, the worst ref game I've ever seen. Stop. The Will Hardy ejection was embarrassed. Tony Brothers, I'm telling you. And again, I'm just going to beat this drum until that guy's kicked out of the NBA. Tony Brothers is arguably the worst official. He is the Angel Hernandez of of the NBA. But here's the deal, right? I don't I don't disagree with any of that. But you're not going to you're not going to get away from the fact that you did not shoot well in this game and your assist numbers were trash. Oh no, that's the Dude. officiating's not why they lost like, the game. But, but that what, foul but that's on what Jordan, saying. the no. The foul on Jordan Clarkson that got Will Hardy yeah. ejected is embarrassing. Yeah, that was definitely a foul. That's yeah. not why they lost the game. Yeah. It's not why they lost By the game. By the way, a bit of breaking news, Baker Mayfield's being released. Yes, he is. Exactly right. So I saw that come across, but yeah, you know. It's Baker. It is what it is. Uh, Brent Burnett says, ref was blatantly bad refing, referring to Jazz Portland. Find the refs. League needs to step in and avoid such gross garbage. It, it, it was terrible. I think Baker, that's exactly right, NY Monty fan. Baker Mayfield goes to the Niners. Yeah. Why wouldn't he not? Why, why would he not? He? Why wouldn't you? Why would he not? I mean, because that's an easy system to run, and his skill set plays right into that. By the way, I have a horrendous hangnail right now, rectally speaking. This Jazz Portland Blazers box score pisses me off. It just annoys me. Well, but what this Jazz team is, is wildly inconsistent night to night. Yeah. And I think when you play the schedule, now they're off until Wednesday, which they need. They need the practice time desperately. 
They need to be locked in. They need the practice time desperately. Yeah. But you're off until Wednesday at 7 against Golden State at the Viv. I'm yeah. telling you now, you got to get some serious practice time in and you have to get system time in. Yeah. Because Greg said we were being too negative earlier. So I'm trying to couch my words on Jared Vanderbilt. I think Jared Vanderbilt is 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 a real problem for this team. I mean, I don't see his long-term viability on this club. And I know he hit threes and everybody was all excited. They're un, unmolested in the corner. <laughs> like there's not even a hand up on him on those threes. There's so little respect for his offensive game. I'm fighting a torrential sneeze, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> there's so little respect for Jared Vanderbilt's game yeah. that they don't guard him. Yeah. I mean, look, I... I... I think I'm. I probably. I think you can develop Jared Vanderbilt. I do. Into I, what? I, I think that he can be. He can be a serviceable shooter for you. Like he can be. Like he needs to become an elite defender. Like he needs to be able to. He needs to bulk up a little bit. He needs to be able to play the block a little more. Like he needs to be able to do those things defensively to justify it. But assuming he does those things, I think he can be a really versatile pick and roll player because of his athleticism. I think he can be. Uh, 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 a pick and pop three guy if he chooses to develop. Oh, I'm sorry. Did my loud, obnoxious side disrupt your thought process? Yeah. Jared Vanderbilt is a defensive insertion, and that's it. Right now, that's it. He will never be an offensive threat. He will occasionally hit threes in the corner, but... I I have tried and tried and just watching the games over the weekend. He just does not. He's Rudy Gobert, but different. And that in, is that he runs the floor. He's much more versatile. You cannot have him on the floor in the last five minutes. You can't. You cannot have Vando in a position of leverage with when you're down two. He cannot be the guy to shoot the three. No. And he'll always be the guy. But the problem is, when Vando's on the floor and the and there's 12 seconds to go, who are they going to guard and who are they going to not? Somebody's getting doubled and Vando's going to be wide open. So you can't have him on the floor because he's not going to hit that shot but two out of 10 times. And I love the guy's defense because I think he can guard the 4-5, which is valuable in this league. But he's not going to be the reason you win a championship or compete for one. Right. He's not. And you cannot shoot the three well and be Draymond Green, but he can't run the floor like Draymond does. You can shoot the three well and defend the post and have no other use like Brooke Lopez does, but he's not Brooke Lopez because he can't shoot like Brooke Lopez does. Right? So it's okay if you if you have this, if you're in this box and you have this little limitation, that's okay. Because you do all this other stuff really well. He's not a gifted passer. He's actually not that great at setting screens, if we're being honest. That's where the development is. You want to be a player in this league, be a dominant. It's how Rudy Gobert makes $41 million a year. Dominant pick-and-roll player, catches lobs, great rebounder, arguably the best rebounder in the NBA, and a really good shot blocker. Oh, you mean Walker Kessler? No, I'm talking about Jared Vanderbilt, which is the other problem. Walker Kessler's ceiling... And now we're starting to see it more and more and more and more. Walker Kessler can be a 10 and 10 guy in this league with three, four blocks a game. That's way more valuable than Jared Vanderbilt. 
way more valuable. Maybe we disagree. I don't know. We do. And I'm better looking than you. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Jaron Eccles, good morning, my friend. How about your Dolphins yesterday? Good Lord. Uh, Utah should win the Rose Bowl, but what happens if they lose? Oh, God, don't even say that. If they lose, the Pac-12 is screwed because I actually think Utah torpedoed the Pac-12. Yeah. By beating USC, ooh. He says the Pac-12 will be overlooked again as a kiddie conference. Well, it already is. Uh, that can't play big boy conference fo- conferences. Well, this is the problem, though. If you lose to the the if Penn State wins the Rose Bowl, all of a sudden the Big Big Ten, Monty, you're fat and you're stupid because the Big Ten's the best conference of college football. No, no, no. And if Penn State loses the Rose Bowl, Monty, you're fat and stupid. Fat. Go Utes. That's what it'll be. Yeah. But I'm telling you. Utah's a far better team, far more tested, far more chemistry, far more experience than Penn State. They should win this game. They should win this game. James Franklin, vastly overrated as a coach. Yeah. Vastly overrated. Well, I didn't get the USC job. Oh, because Lincoln Riley's better. <coughs> Witt's a better coach than Franklin. <coughs> Utah's more talented. Utah's more physical. Utah's better defensively. And they've got the intangibles. Penn State is going to be tough to beat. Have a nice day. You know. You know, uh, brother says, Monty, we get, got breaking news. Red alert. What's the breaking news? Do you mean the Baker? Baker stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Um, let's see. Ruff's official. Caleb Williams is a joke for the F word painted nails and not going out and congr- congratulating Utah. It was great to see him crying on the bench. Yeah. See, again, what did I say earlier on the show? You know what you're getting from Ruffs. Yep. Josh Lovren says Vandy is a poor man's Rudy. I would agree with that. Eric C. says, at least Vando can dribble a basketball compared to Rudy. Rudy's embarrassing himself in, in Minnesota. Rudy is perpetuating that myth that Darren Williams can't play for anybody but the Jazz. Now, Donnie's breaking that myth because yeah, he's I, falling I, out. I mean, but is it true that guys like Rudy, and, and I, I think it's true, by the way, that guys like Rudy only thrive in Salt Lake City because they're featured when they go somewhere else, people are like, hell no, we can't win a championship guys if that guy's our like best player. Rudy. Guys like Rudy. Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean soft guys who who can't hold their own on a floor and are don't have a winning mentality. Oh yeah, those guys, yeah, they're not gonna survive in other, on other teams. That's oh, right. duck season is in the pizzy. Where's my hundo? Let's go. Where's my Dude, hundo? You're not getting off the leash this time, bro. Where's my hundo? Cough it up or where is or, it? Or that's it. Duck season says if Caleb Williams wasn't hurt after the first quarter, you lose 52 to 17, but he was hurt. Because he got tip. hit. Let's go. Tip Cause, function. Because the defense got physical. It doesn't what happened? You what lost happened? 100 bucks. What happened? Poverty program. The 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 Utes are gonna get blown out. Caleb Williams is the best thing ever. Yeah, I where want is it? a hundred dollar tip. Let's go. Live it? up to it. Where is it? Duck season says can't wait for the Rose Bowl to happen and Utah get embarrassed against Mid-tier Penn State team. Where is $100? I'm, no, I, I wouldn't even read his comments. 100 bucks, and you get your comments right again. Yeah, where's our 100 bucks? You owe you us money. You talked all that junk on Friday. You owe us money. All that junk. You owe you us money. You said you, I'll go find it. You want me to have a screenshot for you tomorrow? I'll have it. I'll Where go is get it? it. You said you'd give us 100 bucks if Utah won the game. I'll go get it. Utah won the game. You know. You, hey, by the way, there's there's something called a tip. Did you know on YouTube there's something called a tip function? Did you know that? Yes. And you hit the little dollar sign below and you it's know, incredible how that works. You know, you know, let's go. Yeah. Tanner T. Where's the money Lebowski? Yeah, let's go, dude. 
and they like pull his head out of the toilet. They're like, where's the money? He's like, I think it's down there. Can you, can you put my head back? Yeah, the, the money's down there, down the toilet drain where Oregon is. So go ahead and cough up the money. Come on now. Uh, Greg Hawkins. Can't hear duck season whining over the sound of back-to-back championships. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Bo, Bo Nix. Money. Bo's dick. Nix. Hey, do you, do you want to pay in installments? Do you want to do 20 bucks a show for the next week? You know. I, I Yeah, anyway. Let's go. You know, and the funny part about it is, the funny part about it is, is that you still gave up 40 points, even with Caleb Hurt. Caleb's not a linebacker. He's a quarterback. Yeah. By the way, you got outcoached. Yep. You got outmanaged. You don't have depth. Utah has incredible that Jaquindon Jackson is a quarterback who they moved to running back like a month ago, and he kicked your ass. Yep. I mean, look, Makai Bernard. Did you see? Did you see what Bills did? To you guys? Come on, dude. Come on, man. My fucking come on, ass. Come on, man. Come on, Duck dude. season. Look at you look at you running, man. Look at you running, not paying. Look at you running, not paying. Come on. Anyway, that felt good. I feel better about myself. I do. Uh the Nye guy says duck season, zero credibility. Of course he has zero credibility. Well, he'll get his credibility back when he pays his hundred bucks. Yeah, where's my hundred dollars? Yeah. I want like, my hundred dollars. Like, this isn't complicated. This is much like the college football playoff. Right? Get the job done. Let's I go. Want, I want my $100. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, you, you come in, and, and I mean, I'll find the screenshot. We can do that. You know? That's fine. Nobody. Right. We, n- nobody. You know. Uh, Greg Hawkins, does Oregon play in a bowl this year? UNC? LMAO. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Steve Barnard says, Caleb Williams says that he did it on the first run, but you really do not see him hurt until he gets tackled. And that's what I'm saying. Like, do you really think he he hurt himself just running on his own? No. Because he was running after the play he says he was hurt on. Come on. Come on. Ducks, bro, you're awfully quiet I right mean, now, man. You know. It, like, seriously. Come on. Uh, MY Monty fan says he's not paying. He's that guy. Yes, yeah, he that's is. That's okay. That's okay. Yes, he is. I mean, come on. It's okay. Anyway. Yep. Anyway, yep. uh, the biggest stories in sports every morning presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show when you get to Quick Quack Car Wash because, folks, I'm telling you again, um, small business owners, Quick Quack Car Wash. Those guys are all entrepreneurs at Quick Quack, and they're good people to do business with. And that's what – if you remember anything I tell you about Quick Quack, the people that work at Quick Quack are really friendly people. You know, like you roll up there, they're smiling – because you don't have to deal with one of those electronic kiosks. You deal with somebody that, hey, you know, you tell them, hey, I have a wash pass. They take your license plate. Boom. Done. Right? Hey, I don't. Okay, here's my card. Payment. Done. Boom. Gone. Hey, they're super busy. You're still through in five, seven minutes because they move the line through and the people are smiling. They're friendly. The guy that sprays off your car and at the beginning of the tunnel, you always get a wave. He directs you onto the track. Like, they're friendly people. You don't mind going. You love bringing the kids because there's all those colors, the different colored soap that falls on your windows. Like it's a good experience. That's the thing that, I, that's what brought me to Quick Quack. And that's why we wanted them on the show so much because you feel good going to Quick Quack. You feel like you, hey, I got my money's worth. Absolutely economical. My kids love it. I got in and out in five, seven minutes. 
I get free vacuums. I get free towels. Like it's just, it's amazing the experience you get when you go to Quick Quack Car Wash. They bring you the biggest stories in sports right here on the Monty Show. Right now it is that duck season has checked in and he is refusing to pay. Yeah. He is refusing to pay his $100 tab <laughs> that he put forward. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, Nye Guy says breaking news Mayfield to quick quack swing shift. Hey, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Duck season says imagine losing to a six and six Florida team, Poverty University. Yeah, imagine making a bet and talking all this junk on Friday and then not being true to your word. Yeah, imagine Poverty being a, take. Imagine being a hypocrite. Yeah. And the only thing that I'll say is, hey man, what about what about Oregon this year? Did Oregon <laughs> go undefeated? Did Oregon didn't go undefeated? Did did oh wait Oregon lost to Georgia forty nine to three? I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. You lost to Washington thirty seven thirty four, and then you went to research as we told you would happen, and you got beat. I'll drop that motherfucker. Because Oregon State's a better team than you are. Come on, thirty eight thirty four, nine and three, seven and two in conference. Bye bye. Bye bye, oh, dude. Oh. All you got to do is pay your hundred bucks, and you're good to go, right? You're 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 back at you're out of the doghouse. You're 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 back in a good place. And I love that Christian Gonzalez is skipping the bowl game. Doesn't even want to hang around for his boys at the bowl game. You know, like they're out. Like you got. I mean, do you understand how embarrassing you are as a football team when you lose to Georgia forty nine to three? Three, not like twenty one. Three. You didn't score a touchdown, but Bo Nix is the best quarterback in the entire country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21 and 37, 173 yards, two interceptions. So he was his QBR. All right, was we're going to move on here. His QBR was 59. Yeah, that's that's code word for average. Good job. You're going to you're going to run smack about losing to Florida. Yeah, come on, guy. But you got beat 49 to th- I said 49 to 3. All gas, no break. 49 to 3. And congratulations on that December 28th bowl game at the San Diego Bowl, at the Holiday Bowl on December 28th. Let's go somewhere. Oregon's back right where they've always been. Which they're not. Not winning big games. Not never do you win big games. I personally would like an apology. Good job. Thank God Bo Nix is here. Whoo, man. Whoo, boy. Thank God. Yeah. Yep. Tanner T says, Ducks, what's the excuse for Oregon State? Oh, no. Go up. Go up. Go up to the credit card comment. This one? No, no. Up a little higher. Up a little higher. Okay. Here we go. Uh, My credit card is declining because it's showing a potential fraud alert on this podcast in the use. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm sure. (laughs) That's what it is. I'm sure that's what it is. Can I just get one person? I don't care who it is to donate one cent. I just want someone to tip us one cent just to prove that the tip function works. I just want one cent, please. Yeah. Come on, guy. Come on. Anyway. Come on. It's fine. Oregon State got lucky. In a half full research stadium, they got lucky. Please. Anyway, it's fine. All right, real quick, let's get to some non-sports stories because, you know, it is what it is. Duck season, dude. You're so predictable. It's so disappointing. Yeah. It's so disappointing. Come on. You know. Our non-sports story today presented (laughs) by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. 
slash Monty, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you check them out. Day trading is absolutely the best scalable side hustle you've ever had. Get off that side hustle hamster wheel, whether it is DoorDash, whether it is Uber Eats or Uber or Lyft or Amazon FBA, get off of your side hustle grind and get to tridaytrading.com slash Monty and watch the free webinar. That's all we're asking you to do. We're not asking you to pay us money. We're not asking you to make some big financial commitment. Just go watch the free webinar and then make a decision because I think what you're going to see is that tridaytrading.com is the best in the business at making you a prolific day trader. And when I say a prolific day trader, what's that mean to you? What that means is, the bottom line is, you're going to make $1,000 a day. You're going, to, you're going to make the money that you've always talked about making. If I said to you, hey, in the next 10 trading days, in the next 10 business days, if you could make $10,000 in the next 10 days you go to work, you can make $10,000, would you do it? You would say, absolutely. So go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Hey, I'm having trouble affording my Christmas gifts. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. My credit cards are maxed. I can't afford it. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Hey, what are you doing for the holidays? Well, we got to stay home. You know, we're going to have to be really conservative this year. XYZ is the reason. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Stop living that life that you're convinced you'll never end and start living the life you've always dreamed of. Chase your dreams. Believe in it. Work for yourself. Stop chasing that paycheck at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them Monty sent you to tridaytrading.com. Jake, Amazon is going to start charging restocking fees on yeah. returns. Good yeah. plan, bad plan. Well, here's the deal. So, I mean, I, I, I don't even think it's a good or bad thing. I think it's what they have to do. I don't think they really have a choice. And the reason for this, and I don't think many people realize this, 60% of Amazon's business is done by third-party sellers. Yes. Meaning that that you, you have just a random person who is selling product on Amazon through their Amazon store. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a great thing. It provides a lot of income for people. Like, it's, it's the essence of of our country in a sense. But what a lot of people don't realize is that when you buy from third, when you buy a product from a third party seller, open that product, put it together, you find out it's not for you, whatever the product is, you put it back in the original box, you send it back to Amazon thinking, okay, hey, I spent, let's just say, you know, I spent a dollar on this product. You know, I'm expecting Amazon to give me a dollar back because that's why Amazon's been so successful. If you think about it, they protect the the buyer. That's they basically right. assure you, hey, if you don't like it, you can return it. We'll refund it. No questions asked. But the problem is when you buy a product from a third-party seller, there's a restocking fee, which basically means, hey, because it was with a third-party seller, we got we to gotta deal with them. And there's some runaround with that, not to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but but you're you're putting what people don't realize is that because Amazon's built on the third party seller, you got to watch for that. You got to see who you're actually buying it from. On items that are sold on Amazon, when they are returned, Amazon loses 78% of the profit. Yeah. On items returned because what people are doing is they are returning items opened, broken without all the pieces. So Amazon is essentially stuck with that piece of merchandise. Yeah. So they lose all of their profit. It is a huge drag on their bottom line. I think it's about time. I think it's way too late. Amazon should have had restocking fees years ago. 
And I'm glad they have. Real quick, by the way, duck season decided to give us 99 cents. Oh, okay. So now you have $99 And one go. penny to go. Yeah, nine, yeah. So you're working your way back now. Greg Hawkins gives us a $20 tip. Thank you. Hooterville, Texas gives us a $2 tip. Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. Thank you. It works just fine. It works just fine. You know what? You know what we could do? Since, since Oregon is such a poverty university, why don't we start a fund on the show? Everybody can pay duck season out of, out of the poverty position that he's in. Stop it. What do you guys think? Stop it. Um, <laughs> anyway, talking about Amazon, um, let's see. Ruff's official says Amazon is going to lay off 20,000 employees. Democrat voters get what they ask for. <laughs> Ruff's official on brand. First of all, <laughs> Amazon is not laying off just 20,000 people. Yeah, we're going to lay them off. Amazon is laying off people in their device division because Alexa has cost them billions of dollars, billions and billions and billions of dollars. Um, and I think, again, Amazon is not insulated from the economy. Amazon absolutely has to act like a normal company, which is what they're doing now. This is very different than what Elon's doing at Twitter. Yeah. Right, where Twitter's lost 80% of their advertising revenue because companies don't want to advertise on Twitter anymore. This is very different. What Amazon's doing with their layoffs is they're eliminating redundancy. Like all of their device division that costs them so much money, like you're not going to continue to hire people to try and fix Alexa when it's just throwing bad money after bad money. But yeah. what happens is when you eliminate a device division or a group in a device division, there is those employees, their managers, the recruiting function, the recruiting machine that hires and backfills those departments. That's what's happening in Amazon. It's not like Amazon's like, oh, we're going out of business. It's not like that. Amazon is finally getting their business back in line. These restocking fees are a perfect example of how Amazon is you know, really tailoring their business to be more profitable, to be smarter and more in line with what they should have been doing all along. Yeah. Because Amazon made so much money through the pandemic. I mean, they, they became so bloated through the pandemic that you were eventually going to have to lay people off. Like you look at their retail. Amazon's layoffs in retail, I don't even know how many people know this. Amazon has the Amazon Prime stores or whatever they call them. Yeah. where they sell items that you can get on Amazon, the hottest items on Amazon. They had these retail stores where they were selling items that were huge losers. So they're closing their, their retail stores. Like buying, buying Whole Foods was a huge loss for Amazon. Yeah. So they're going to restructure and curtail that business. Amazon's not just laying off 20,000 people because the bottom line says so. Yeah. And roughs, you can have your narratives or whatever you want. That's not at all what, what Amazon's doing. Yeah. You know, like it, it is, it is the hard part about being, and Jake and I have done Amazon FBA, which is basically a third party seller. The hard part is when, when you're, a, 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 you do FBA, you are paying incredible fees on merchandise. Like they charge you for shipping. They charge you for warehouse. They charge like all this stuff. Yeah. They take a percentage of your sale. Like it's a really, that's why we always say about tridaytrading.com. Like you shouldn't be doing Amazon FBA because the hours that you waste are valuable hours. Like everybody that works a side hustle, you better understand what you're worth on the hour. 
When we were doing real estate and flipping houses, we were we valued ourselves seven years ago at $250 an hour minimum. That was our minimum. If we weren't going to do something that was going to make us $250 that hour, we weren't going to do it because there's something else we should be doing at that rate. Yeah. When you're doing a side hustle, you better understand what your hourly rate is as a person. Because when you do Amazon FBA, it kills you now because they've completely restructured the fees. So it's really expensive. This is, you know, the issue with buying Amazon return crates is that everything you get is broken. So you go in, I mean, the best deal we ever got on an Amazon return were these propane heaters, but they were all missing this little aluminum valve. So what did we have to do? We had to go to Walmart and buy five valves to include with the heater so it would work. That's the stuff that you get from Amazon. It's a real pain in the ass. And so it, it, it is tough to be an Amazon third-party seller. Yeah. There's no doubt it's about that. It is absolutely a grind. But why does everybody do it? Because people would rather do business with Amazon than with, you know, like every, like Nike has an Amazon store. I'd rather do business directly with Amazon or directly with Nike. That's an odd fit for me. But dude, if I need a phone case, I have the best phone case for my iPhone. Where did I get it? Amazon. Where do I get my Rockstar? Where do I get my Rockstar recovery? Amazon. Yeah. Where do I get my protein bars? Amazon. The only nutrition thing that I don't that I don't get is I, I get my surge supplements at at um oh Max Muscle. Max Muscle in South Jordan yeah. just went right out of my head. Yeah. But I think Amazon is absolutely a brilliant business model. And I really hope that they are I really hope that they are in it. Yeah. And I really hope that FBA eventually, you know becomes more reasonable. It becomes more reasonable because so many people rely on it. Yeah. A hundred percent. How much do you, do, I mean, do, do you overspend on Amazon? Do you think? Cause I think I overspend on Amazon, uh, I, but I, I, the things that I subscribe to, cause I have a bunch of things I subscribe to that I get every week or every other week. But like, I look at, that's the stuff I overspend on. I look at like, I just brought the, bought these Supreme shoe boxes for my shoe room at home. Best price, super easy. Absolutely nails it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't feel like I overspend on like my wife bought a couple of conversion dongles for her computer setup in her office. You're not going to be able to get that in next day shipping anywhere. I think largely on the subscription stuff, I probably overpay everything else I think is really convenient. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that I overspend on Amazon. No, I, I, I think, I mean, if you're talking about like just overspending for an item, no, I don't, I don't think I overspend that much on Amazon. I think if we're talking monthly budgetary concerns, I think I overspend on shoes and, you know, just random stuff like that. Like, you know, that, yeah. that would be where I would, you know. Yeah, I think that's why the Tri-Day trading thing, that's why we chased and chased a relationship with them so hard because I think side hustles, I mean, we've done so many side hustles. So many, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like the, the podcast was always our best side hustle. That's why we morphed it into something full-time. But I think stocks, I think day trading is absolutely a great side hustle. Yeah. I can't yeah. even. Absolutely. I don't even know what other side hustle I would try at this point. Real estate would be the other place that I would wind up. Probably, yeah. I, I think that the thing with real estate, though, is it takes a lot of money to get into. You know, I mean, you can, obviously, you can wholesale. And I'm a big believer in wholesaling. Doesn't take any money. Doesn't take a real estate license. Doesn't take yes. any type of commitment. But it does take work. And it does take the. Know-how. You have to learn. Yeah, it takes tenacity and it takes the ability to have a conversation with someone over the phone that you've never met. And and we have those skills and wholesaling is definitely something I would consider. Yeah, I think without a doubt, 
Yeah. Real estate is where it's at. Yeah. We got to have a conversation about real estate this week. Yeah. Because it's back, I think. Yeah. And I don't know that people realize it's back, but it's back. Yeah. Uh, Greg Romano says, I love ordering from Amazon knowing uh, that I can return unwanted merchandise uh, to my local Kohl's five minutes away from my house. <laughs> you scammer. <laughs> hey, good to see everybody, including duck season. Who's taking some heat in the comments right now? Don't forget this show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Find them online at theadvocates.com. Tomorrow, we'll have a lot more on the Jazz. I'll talk about Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, there's Fred McGriffson. Gary Bonds is not. We've got a big week of shows for you. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.